What's up, everybody? We are pumped for today's podcast. Uh, we're back after a week off. We had some illness. I was out of town, all that stuff. Uh, man, we, we got into a whole bunch of stuff in uh, the NFL, kind of dug into what's going on uh, across the board. Uh, some bad football games this weekend, not a lot of quality football. Uh, we touched on the MLB World Series. Now that my Red Sox are out, the nine overtime college football game. So much happened in the time that we were gone. Um, is And just a quick question. Uh, is Arizona playing Cincinnati in the Super Bowl? What the heck? Um, and we're going to get into a whole lot. Uh, it's me and Jameson today as Grant is coming back. Uh, and uh, we'll see him next week. But jump on in. It's a great conversation. And join in with us. Uh, let's get to it. Welcome to the Sportsify podcast for October 27th, 2021, with your hosts, Matt Novak and guest host, Jameson DeFore. What's up, everybody? We are back after a week off. Uh, we were away at conferences, and I was sick as a dog. And so we took last week off. Our apologies for not hanging out. But we are back this week. Uh, Grant is actually still on the road. Uh, he is coming back from the Seahawks losing to the Saints on Monday Night Football. Went up there with his family for his one game of the year. And uh, watch his team play absolute trash football, uh, which neither Jameson or I are sad about at all. Yeah, I had a great time last night. I I was just following on my phone. I'm like I'm watching some of the some of the comments being made on Facebook and everywhere. I'm like, I'm not even gonna turn this on. This just sounds awful. I spent more I, time listening to the Manning broadcast oh, than yeah. I did like watching the game, dude. There we we will talk about this more tonight. Yeah, but genuinely. Uh, that's must-watch television. I love it's it. amazing. The Brady comment last night alone is worth the lead of our show because, like, Brady's sitting there talking to Manning or both the Mannings, and he's you know they're just doing the "I love you" pat each other on the back garbage. And he was saying, "Man, we just had so many good battles over the years." You know, me and both you guys. And he's like, "I, you know, I, I just Peyton, I, I love playing against you, man." You know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. and he's kind of razzing him just a little bit because everybody knows he got the upper hand on Peyton. And uh, and he's like, "You know, and Eli, we played some great games." And Eli jumps in real quick. He goes, "I loved I all love, the games yeah. we played <laughs> against each other. Oh, so I loved them." And I mean, just he got Tom real quick. Peyton started losing it. He was laughing hard. Um, but no, Manning cast is amazing. If you, if you're just a sports fan in general, um, or you have a really like decent understanding of, you know, the career of Tom Brady or the understanding of the Mannings, like, man, it is just incredible to watch things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you got to tune in, you got to watch it at least do yourself a favor. And every week there's a, uh, a YouTube uh, clip coming up, um, post the show. You can go and look at it Tuesday morning. It's kind of like a recap of the best of the Manning cast from the night before. Go find it. Give yourself, I think they've been anywhere from 10 to like 25 minutes long. Yep. Go watch the whole thing and put your earbuds in at work or whatever and laugh your head off because it's incredible. 
Marshawn Lynch, man. Oh, my gosh. He <laughs> dropped an F-bomb on the show last night. Um, uh, I mean, thank you had to think God they have a minute delay. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you have to think that ESPN, like, they kind of, they know that was coming, yeah, right? Like, I, they did. Any publicity is good publicity. and I just, I, 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 Marshawn Lynch is great television. He's super entertaining and one of the most genuine, like, people. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have never seen like the clips of Marshawn walking up and down the freeways in Oakland, <laughs> handing out turkeys at Thanksgiving, that's literally who he is. Yeah. He's like, he's just walking up to cars going, y'all need a turkey for Thanksgiving. And they're like, Thanksgiving's in like three weeks. And he's like, yeah, I'm starting early. Here you go. <laughs> like just handing stuff out. Uh, like he's so great. He's awesome. I love Marshawn. But uh, yeah, you kind of know that you're getting, you're, you're going to get a little bit of flavor when you book yeah. Marshawn. And he came in extra special. Uh, it was cool watching Drew Brees uh, yeah. on that show. Um, you know, I, 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 Tom Brady was the most interesting part. I was listening to somebody else say this today. But, um, you know, as I went back and watched the YouTube clip of, of Brady, um, Brady starts watching the game and he doesn't just watch football. He breaks yeah. down football the whole time. And he and there was a point in there where you genuinely believe he forgot he was on television. He's like watching film <laughs> and he's just breaking down film, you know, watching this player. He's studying this one guy. He's because he's also playing the Saints this week. Mm -hmm. So this was genuinely like just a little bit of extra work for him. Yeah. Uh, being on the show last night. So and I hear him like dropping like guys names you wouldn't even know. He's like, oh, he's oh, a yeah. good prospect, you know, in this round coming out of this school and yeah. been doing really well. I'm like, oh, he just. His he listening knew, to those guys talk is just amazing. Right. And he knew the second and third guys at each position. Yeah. As he as he's going through, he goes, he goes, Oh, they're rotating the line here. So and so is gonna be coming in. Uh yeah, yeah. He he goes, You gotta you gotta watch him on that right side. He goes, He's got he's got a push. And when you see him come in, you gotta make sure you stay to the middle, because if he goes to the outside, he's gonna get you. He's got yeah. long arms. I mean, he's just making those observations. Who in the world knows anything about the second tier player that plays for a team? Um, you know, I get it. It's in his conference, you know, so he in his division, sorry, yeah. as well. He needs to know that. But like, dude, really? You know them on your that off well? Day? On your, yeah, on your off day, you can just recall everything you know about yeah. this guy. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's oh, ultimately so my good. favorite thing about the broadcast is you have the contrast between like having Marshawn Lynch there in the first quarter. Right. And then you jump in and it's like you get this in-depth analysis with like three Super Bowl winning quarterbacks talking right. about football. And then you jump to like Sue Bird and get a totally different perspective. And then you come back to Drew Brees. And it's just like, it's so good. They have so many great guests. There were 11 Super Bowl wins between the quarterbacks on the show last night. Like 11. Like that. That's pretty stinking cool. Yeah. I, I was I, I was looking at that and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is Dude, that just doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, only the Mannings could bring that together. And then plus, you get the Manning brothers ribbing each other all the time. Eli was on fire last night. Eli was on fire. He was. That was better. That was better than his hips don't lie. Yeah, and there was that a really was good, good Peyton one too, where he was like upset about having to watch the two teams that beat him in Super Bowls. He's like, this couldn't <laughs> be like a Bears, uh, uh, Carolina Super Bowl or whatever, or a Monday Night game. That was funny. That's funny. The 
Uh, well, it was it was that was the only thing worth watching last night Monday Night yeah. Football because that was a stinker of the game that the Seahawks lost thirteen to ten. The Saints. last two primetime games, the Sunday night Oof. game and the Monday night game, were both the same, and, just torrential downpour. Right, the weather was hugely impactful in both games. I mean, I I would say in the San Francisco and Colts game even more so. Um, that there were I think there were nine fumbles. I don't there that were not nine game. turnovers from those fumbles, but there was nine fumbles from between the two teams. It was messy. In the first half of the 49ers Colts, neither quarterback completed 50% of passes. <laughs> and and some of that was, yeah, it's coming out of the hands. Like you saw both Garoppolo and Wentz trying to throw too hard and they were just slipping. And then at times, though, too, you're just watching them hit guys in the hands and they yeah. just couldn't hold on. Hines dropped a no doubt touchdown, um, you know, from Wentz last night. I or last night, sorry, Sunday night. Um, and, uh, you know, there was just some some weird weird stuff that happened in that game and it's always funny though i was observing this with some guys i was talking to on monday uh this week uh you can't see the rain when they're in the wide shot and then they but then they zoom in and you're like oh my gosh they'll always have that shot where it's looking at somebody on the sideline or like looking at a coordinator like up in one of the sky boxes and you're like oh it's like pouring pouring." you could not see john lynch they kept cutting (laughs) to john lynch and he was i noted specifically i'm like okay i know who that is because i see him in every game that i watch on sunday but like you could not see the man's face I could just see his outline in the shot they were taking of him in the box. Yeah, and he also didn't come down for this game, by the way. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> he why he didn't do the GM come walk yeah. the line. Yeah, it's and I mean rough game for those two teams specifically because you have the yeah. Colts who are a dome team. Yep, and then you have San Francisco who plays in San Francisco, and that doesn't oh, really happen very often. So. No, no, and and for those of you that don't understand, even though it's a Bay Area team, they get good weather down yeah. there consistently. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a little bit saturated or it'll be a little cold uh, just because they're out on the ocean and they're a little farther north. But genuinely, they get pretty mild weather yeah. most of the time. I, I've been a 49er fan for a long time. Not a lot of games that you see in downpours. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never even considered putting a roof on that stadium. Uh, at all because of the good weather that it generally gets. So mm-hmm. that was really abnormal. We know that this uh, this they're calling it a um, I've heard it called Sky River. I've heard it called all kinds of atmospheric river, whatever. Um, but uh, that that crazy seasonal pattern impacted uh, both of those games this yeah. week and made for some really cruddy football. That's all we're trying to say. I'll also never football. understand the double gloved quarterback in the pouring rain. Yeah. You, you don't like that? I don't Both like of that. them were doing it. I know. Like to me, I like still the, kept dropping the ball. I, I like the double gloves. Like there's a lot of really cool quarterbacks that have pulled off the double glove. I'm talking to you, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Kurt Warner did a little bit in uh, Arizona. Uh, oh, that that's what he meant by cool. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> but like when it's pouring rain, because I was like the exact opposite playing football here as a receiver. It's like, oh, it's pouring rain. Okay, I'm gonna take off my gloves now because it's gonna give me a better chance. Because mm. especially well in high school, at least they're not like wiping the balls right, down right, each right. snap so it was like i don't really have a choice everything's a slip and slide but yeah even there it's like do the one glove thing i mm. i don't know because it was like once you had carson Wentz try to do a forward pitch yeah and like technically call that, it as a fumble that interception was incredible they, they turned it into a fumble <laughs> technically did, which but, it was not because he literally threw it right to him yeah um but i was but like whatever. as soon as you started seeing that yeah. i'm like at what point do you just take the glove off I mean, they know better than me. I just always yeah. think it's weird when I see quarterbacks doing that. I'm like, well, you're wearing it, even even in bad weather. You would see you'd see Brady a lot of the times keep the one glove on. Yeah, and uh, I and I don't know. I don't understand 
honestly, the mechanics of that. Um, and the limited amount of time that I, I played quarterback, um, I was a one glover. Uh, I never felt anything different on a high school ball. Um, going to going to two gloves. I didn't see how that really helped me or whatnot. It helped me to have a little bit of a natural feel. And I, so I just feel like there's a lot of personal preference likely in there. I don't know the, any, if, if things have uh, improved that significantly over yeah. the years uh, to where the two gloves make sense, but it was funny to watch them play with them. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that was some bad football. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to though. Cause in the last couple of weeks, a whole lot has happened. Um, the, uh, the MLB is now in the world series. Braves are currently up in the seventh inning, five to one right now over wow. the Astros. And everybody said, amen. (laughs) Yep. I don't even watch baseball like that. And I hate the Astros. Let them lose. Uh, No, I I actually, this is kind of a cool situation for me. I I was a Braves fan. uh, I'm probably first. I just wasn't a good one. (laughs) I I was a fan as a little kid when they had won the World Series back in 92. Uh, I was eight years old when they won. And uh, my dad happened to go to a conference and brought me back a whole bunch of gear. Uh, from uh, from the stadium there. He was in Atlanta after they won and, and just got a whole bunch of uh, stuff from the World Series. And that was cool. And I had those things for a lot of years. I still have a few of them. Um, but I've always kind of been a Braves fan. And for those of you that'll be like, were you really a Braves fan? Yes, I love Jeff Blauser, Terry Pendleton, Mark Lemke, Ryan Klesko, uh, Otis Nixon in center field, uh, uh, Ryan Gant. I, I was a fan. Uh, Charlie O'Brien behind the plate. Um, and I'm not even mentioning the greatest pitching staff in the history of all pitching staffs, uh, headlined by the Hall of Famer Greg Maddox, um, and uh, and my one of my favorite lefties to watch, Tom Glavin. Um, yeah, I I loved the Atlanta Braves as a kid, and uh, I loved watching those games. They were on TBS all the time. Like TBS owned the rights to all their games, so I watched it a ton, and um, uh, or watched them a ton. And so loved that. I'm super glad for them. Hope they win this World Series. Not just because I hate the Astros, um, because they're a fun team to watch. And it's been really cool um, to kind of see this team of just like, uh, there, there's a lot of guys on this team that, that didn't fit in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of this like ragamuffin team, if you will, um, where they just, they don't fit into the other systems. But in Atlanta, they've made it work. And they've been dealing with some injuries to some of their young stars this year. Um, and they've done it with just good defense, pitching, and timely hitting. They are not a super great high percentage uh, hitting team like the Astros, like the Red Sox, um, like some of the other teams that have made it further in the playoffs. They're just their timing uh, when they get those hits matters. And uh, they made the most of it tonight. They got an early five nothing lead and been holding on here. So hopefully they're taking game one. And dude, I'd love a four game sweep here. I got no problem with yeah. this. And I mean. Um, obviously, as we know, I'm not the residential baseball guy here, but what I did here, and you can maybe give some more insight on this, what I thought was really interesting about the Braves was like record wise, they hadn't even cracked like 500 until there was like over a hundred games played yeah. in the season. Yeah. And which they were really weird to think about, especially the gauntlet that they went through sure. to be here <laughs> playing yeah. the Astros and currently up on the Astros. Yeah. I mean, crazy. they, they beat, uh, they beat a 106 win Dodger team in the playoffs. Uh, they, uh, you know, they came, uh, from relative obscurity. This is also the team that knocked out the Cardinals in that wild game play or wild card playoff. Um, after the Cardinals had won those 17 straight games in September, yeah. I mean, they have just, done things with great timing 
Uh, they've, it's been all about timing all year for them. Uh, you're right. Coming out of a sub 500, I mean, they only won 92 games on the or 89, I think, in the regular season. It was season. in the 80s. I was just looking yeah, at it. Was 80, it, it was more, 89 but. in the regular season. Barely won the division. Um, I believe the Mets were still in it as garbage as they were <laughs> uh, with less than two weeks to go in the season. Statistically still in it for the, the um, division. So, I mean, yeah, they, they just shouldn't be here. Yeah, the Dodgers or the especially the Giants. One of those two teams should be in the World Series right now, but it's the Braves uh, who outlasted everybody on the NL side and now are about to take Game One in Houston. By the way, um, and good on them, man. I Braves all the way. I know. I saw that hilarious. You you always see it when it comes to the end of the end of the season. You go to like a Super Bowl and it says people cheering for you know like in yeah. the Tampa Bay. Uh, Chief Super Bowl last year. It was that that little dot in Florida, and then it, and it shows the color map, and the rest of the country is rooting for the Chiefs, um, which is pretty fair for yeah. for that one. This year, there's in the they showed the color map, and there's this there, there's not even a speck in Houston, <laughs> and it literally just showed all Everywhere of America else. rooting for. I mean, it was so funny. It was like a faded little. Eh it's so true though for the amount of people. I, I I mean, there are not there's not a lot of Astros fans. And not a lot of loud Astros fans, that's for sure. It's one of those ones where you kind of have to just like grit your teeth because like this is my favorite team, and I know what they did, and but I still love still, them. They're still good though, <laughs> and so. Uh, but yeah, and it was what's interesting. Did you hear about Whistlegate this last week? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They there's there's another new suspected thing that the MLB is investigating about them stealing signs and whistling uh, out to teammates. Um, what those signals are. Um, that'll be interesting to see if there's literally another one. If it happens again, I mean, there's going to be some significant penalty put on the team. Like they've talked about removing them from the draft for a year. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, people wondered what happens when, when you do that, by the way, that's, that's a death penalty is, uh, I don't know has been completely handed out, uh, yet, but it would just make everybody slide up one pick. They don't like redistribute the picks or anything like that. Um, yeah. So that, but that would be really interesting just to see what happens. Um, and uh, and follow along with that. Obviously, I'm not rooting for it because it's not good for the game, but I will laugh if it happens. I read that article and it seemed like a lot of the people commenting on it was kind of like a 50 50 split where some people were like, they're doing it again. And then some people were like, are we just like grasping for anything to hate them even more? Yes. No, uh, <laughs> obviously, go ahead. No, no, no. But. They're not the Yankees. Um, but genuinely, I, I I think we all agree here listening. The, we're going for the Braves. We're excited for the Braves. And so hopefully this time next week, we've got a significant update or outcome uh, on that. Uh, that would be best case scenario for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, we can we can celebrate a, a Braves World Series. What I do love is we don't have a back-to-back champion. I'm a big fan of breaking it up. I don't love the dominant stuff. And I know that the Dodgers got one in the COVID year, and some people don't think that's necessarily a real... what. Yeah, whatever. Everybody had a chance. They got it. It's just like the Lakers. Same thing with the Lakers. It, yeah. it, it, everybody had a chance, and that's the team that outlasted one. That's it, they're, they're deserving regardless, mm-hmm. um, because the playoffs still matter, obviously. You know, you got teams in in the MLB right now that should be there that aren't, as we already mentioned. Yep. The playoffs matter, and those teams did it when it mattered. But uh, yeah, good on them. I I I'm excited for the Braves and uh, loving that there's not going to be a repeat. Uh, since we were last on the air, uh, the NBA has begun its season. 
uh, which means that teams are already resting players. <laughs> and uh, I got I got hosed in my uh, my LeBronness today. Uh, I know. I think you did too, right? Two times. Yeah. Two leagues with two. LeBron. We are our, our our NBA fantasy teams are already getting hosed by resting players. It, I, I should know better, right? Like, yeah, I want to take LeBron, but I should probably know better. Well, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's true. You know, with LeBron, he he's going to play. He's going to play 70 games, right? Yeah. He, like, well, he always talks about like, I want to play as many games as possible because I know that people come to watch me play basketball and I don't want to just sit out games. Yeah. He, he kind of has that, that like, I have to carry the league on my shoulders as like the face of you know, the NBA, kind which of I mean, there, there's a, there's some validity there. I mean, because if you pay to watch the Lakers come to your town, you don't care necessarily about Anthony Davis. You certainly, you might care. I mean, you could care about Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, but do you? And I mean, genuinely you're going to see the King. Yeah. Like that's, that's just what it is. You can't tell me that people used to pay money to see Scotty Pippen. They might've paid money to see Dennis Rodman. Cause that's just fun to watch. Yeah, the worm. But um, I think those were sideshows to, you know, the main attraction. Yeah. And uh, you know, I totally agree with that. But for fantasy, shoot me if he keeps this up. Yeah. Um, because I definitely could have used the points last night. Uh, <laughs> I'm tonight. already down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, or, uh, sorry. Yeah. Tonight and tomorrow. That's what yeah. I meant to say. Yeah. But um, uh, no, we're three games in for a lot of teams. Three to four. Uh, yeah. You know, and and there doesn't seem. I mean, I, I, one of the things I love about the NBA is anybody can win on any given night. Um, you say that about a lot of sports, but um, I, I genuinely don't feel that way about baseball. You know, you have hundred lost teams like the Orioles this year in your own division. You're kind of like chalk it up to a win. Yay, yeah. we're playing the Orioles tonight. Um, but no, I, I, I going into the year, it just feels very hopeful for a lot of teams. You see teams like the Bulls that have made some great moves. Undefeated right now. Um, first time since 96, 97. That they've won their first three first, games. First four games. Four yeah. games. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, they did win tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, so a lot of teams are already four uh, four games in or hitting that fourth game tonight. Um, and uh, you're seeing a lot of hopeful stuff. Uh, you know, one thing that doesn't seem hopeful right now is uh, the Nets haven't figured anything out. And that's great. Um, I'm super excited about that. Not a Nets fan. Don't like super teams. I ru- I'm rooting against the Nets. I'm rooting against the Lakers. I mean, I'm rooting against the Lakers always, but um, but the uh, the super teams aren't figuring out anything yet so far. That's great. Um, got some guys coming off injury uh, here. Hopefully soon. We were talking about uh, Toronto a little bit. Uh, I, I off off the air. Sykem's about to come back from injury. Uh, we're gonna get to see. Cunningham uh, play his first game uh, for Detroit, I think by the weekend here. Um, so, and yeah. I'm kind of excited to see how that works. Uh, you know, you, the, those first round picks, especially those ones that you, uh, you just, you see as the face of the franchise or drafted to be the face of the franchise. Um, and uh, you see them kind of starting to make their mark. Uh, Cunningham, I think is going to be an incredible player for the next 10 to 12 years. Uh, he just has a good all-around game, and we see those guys that have all-around game uh, do well in college. And don't get me wrong, he did, mm-hmm. but um, but it doesn't translate to a lot of team wins necessarily in college. It does translate to team wins in the NBA. Yeah, and that uh, we'll see in Detroit for because Detroit yeah. has kind of been a a, ho- a black hole for sports. But they've but. got a power forward that everybody loves uh, in in Detroit, and they, they've got some pieces uh, up there that that seemed like there it's a good starting point, at least for him. He's not yeah. playing on a dumpster fire squad. It's young. It's not OKC. They're, they're not no. going to be as bad as the Thunder. 
No. But the Thunder have more draft picks okay. than most of the teams in the NBA and they're for the next continue three years. to tank. So for always and eternity. Apparently. I don't understand what they're doing. They should probably use some of those Cash draft those picks in. to win games. But just throwing it out. Yeah, I mean, not to get too off topic, but you got like Shea Gilgis Alexander. You got Lou Dort. Yep. Uh, you got some other guys that I'm misremembering off the top of their head because they get a lot of like some, uh kind of no name guys. They get a lot of foreign guys, and then they always just go in and lock it down. But then they just can't win games because they're trying to lose games. And in Dort. Probably is not a long-term piece for that team. Uh, just with his skill set, he's a swing player, and he's a it's n- not so much three, but very much so D kind of guy. Yes, and <laughs> and and uh, and and on a given night can throw up twenty. I, I had him on my my team, la- my fantasy team last year, and loved the pickup uh, yeah. for spots. You know, I mean, like he would he drop no problem thirty to thirty five points for you. I'm I'm in a Yahoo week to week point or uh, head matchup. Yep, matchups <laughs> league, head to head matchups league, and uh, uh, he would he would do really well in those scenarios. But I don't think he's long for that team. Uh, he's not going to make money there as mm-hmm. a swingman. Alexander's going to make money there. Yeah, uh, he's he's their stud and uh, and their go to right now. So, but yeah, man, they just need to do something with all those stinking draft picks because holy cow! I mean, you got to get better. You I mean, could you, you could to. literally get. I mean, obviously, it's not like a big market. But with the assets that you have, you can make a trade for just about anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, in in moving back to the to the injury stuff, remember we got a ton of guys coming off injury this year. Jamal Murray is injured. Kawhi Leonard's not going to be playing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Clay is coming back. They're talking about maybe the first year to the All Star break somewhere in there. Uh, both uh, uh, Jameson and I have him <laughs> stashed uh, on our fantasy teams right now. Um. We, uh, I, you've got, uh, I know I'm forgetting at least one or two here. Um, but you got all these guys coming back from injury on good teams. Uh, you know, Kawhi is needed. Uh, yeah. you know, Jamal Murray is needed. They, they were able to beat the Blazers, but they're not going to be able to beat those Laker type teams, you know, or anybody else that's worth, uh, their salt in, uh, the Western Conference, the Suns. Zion's still hurt uh, too right now. Yep. Zion, that's, there's one I missed. Yep. Zion, Zion's out right now. Um, uh, that's probably cause he's still trying to lose weight. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a pounds. Meme. He is, he was, he got big. He was over. He yeah, got drafted he to the was... worst city possible for <laughs> where, what Just his situation knocking is, out but... that jambalaya. Yeah. Um, uh, way too many carbs that, by the way, bowl of jambalaya averages like 1600 calories. It's massive. I mean, I know it depends on the type, but yeah. like your traditional that involves the rice, yeah. it's like it's and like 16. he's already a big guy. But he is. and you but see some of those pictures. He's supposed to play him. at two seventy five. Yeah, that's what they say he's supposed. He to needs play. to lose right now. He needs to lose at least thirty pounds. Is he at three hundred right now? Or I saw that he hit three la- last week. I saw a thing where there was a report that he was over three hundred pounds now. Ooh. Which I mean. Sure, you broke your foot, but that doesn't stop you from like dieting. And and for those for those of you hating on us for bringing up his weight, Shaq played at three oh eight. Yeah, that was he played between when he was at his healthiest. Uh, he was playing at around two ninety. Uh, when he was at his biggest in the NBA, I think he ballooned up to around three twenty five. Yeah. But he was also like seven two. Yes, and his but his average weight in the NBA was he said was three oh seven three oh eight. Um, and Zion is only six, nine mm-hmm. that's in Zach. So with, Shaq had five inches on him. Yeah. With lower body injuries already multiple times over yeah. in his history. And so it's like, you got to weight off those ankles and knees and he's an explosive kind of guy. Yep. It's 
you tore out of his shoe in Duke. Yeah, you know, that was that was awesome. So it's I like that. that was awesome, man. Like he's really special, and so I don't want to see his career ended just because he can't stay in shape and keeps getting injured. Right. Uh, I know he already doesn't really want to play in New Orleans, anyways, because that team is also not very good. Yeah. But yeah. Well, next week uh, when we've got uh, our good friend uh, as a guest with us. Uh, who's a big basketball fan and Grant returns. Uh, we will do our picks for uh, NBA MVP. Uh, we will do our finals picks um, and uh, just kind of uh, probably also do both our Eastern Conference, Western Conference teams, uh, much like we did uh, together as a group for uh, the NFL season. Um, but uh, we'll go in depth into that a little bit more, check in uh, with and see how our Blazers are doing. Um, and, uh, we'll, uh, kind of go through a little bit of just how we see that NBA season shaping up and things that we're looking forward to as well. Um, but moving on, uh, this week going back into, actually, I'm going to touch on, on this one. Uh, something amazing happened. I go over to my buddy Colby's house on Saturday, uh, to, uh, watch the Oregon Ducks play and they were already down 14 to nothing. And that was not the game on when I came in to watch because there was an insane thing happening in college football um, where Penn State and Illinois went to nine overtimes. Unreal. Uh, now, there's new rules for those of you unaware, maybe didn't catch that uh, in the in college football. After the third overtime, they uh, put the ball on the two yard line, which is the uh, two point conversion marker. And the teams just go to a sudden death uh, two point conversion attempts. So it, and, uh, it, it just rotates back and forth. What was interesting, too, and I didn't realize they would do this, is they were doing it on each side of the field. So you had offense, defense on one side or in one end zone, and you had offense, defense in the other end zone. And that was to keep the speed up uh, and also not destroy one end one zone. End, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, in terms of the ground itself. But um, it was insane to watch. Illinois, by all accounts, should have won that game. They lost their uh, running back uh, who had just been murdering Penn State uh, to injury and were still able to pull it out. Massive upset in that game. Uh, Illinois getting the win on the road. You know, those those like conference opponents. Uh, this is what happens to the Ducks playing Stanford down at, at Stanford, um, you know, which is my least favorite place to watch the Ducks go play. I hate it. It's either that or it's one of those stupid Arizona teams when they're good uh, seems to catch us uh, when and, and we get those odd night games, too. It's like a Friday night, you know, stupid, which is what happened to us this year with Stanford. Yep. Um, I hate Friday night football. I don't like late night football uh, in the Pac-12. I wish that the Ducks could just play at 1230 or 30 all the time. That's all I want. I just want those two start times. You know, even the three thirty weird one to get on TV, whatever. Yeah. But I hate, hate playing after seven o'clock uh, in the Pac-12 or playing on Fridays. Um, famously, that is when Dixon went down back in the day for the Ducks with a dumb Arizona game on Friday night. Really? I was watching that at our buddy Tom's house. That's a throwback. Um, oh my gosh! I just remember watching, and its knee just buckle, and you're like, "Oh no!" At least he made it onto an NFL roster, but uh, yeah, our awesome season came to a very quick end with that one, but nine overtimes in that game. It was incredible. Watch finally, um, Illinois punches starts punching them in. There was, it, they kept going back and forth and nobody was getting into the end zone. 
And I'm just like, seriously, who wants to win? Uh, Penn State's offense just looked abysmal, though. I mean, just bad. They did not lose the starters that Illinois did to injury in the game, and they just couldn't do stuff. There wasn't horrible weather. It just wasn't coming together. I mean, you're you're watching some of the play selection I kind of questioned. Like, you're you're doing a RPO from the two. Um, you know they're coming after you. Don't let your quarterback think. You know, just like stuff like that. And sorry for those of you unfamiliar with the term uh, run pass option. Mm-hmm. So you you hand you look like you're handing the ball off to the running back. You make a decision there whether or not you want him to run. Then you also, as the quarterback, have the option to take off. Or you've got one, two, maybe even up to three routes that are moving as well, rolling to one side or the other. Yep. And you get the option then to throw that again, or you can take off there. And I'm not a big fan of an RPO uh, inside the in five yard line, um, when you know that they're going to send or put eight guys in the box and yeah, come after because you. you're usually reading the linebacker, but it's oh. everything's going to be so packed when you're in there, right? And again, like you said, you're going to put your quarterback in a position where they need to make a read, set your players up for success, right? Get a nice quick design, whether it's a quick well, pass. And let's be real, just humans. It's been four hours of football. <laughs> yeah, you're in. And you're in the nine seventh, overtime. eighth overtime, and you're running an RPO with a guy whose legs were done at the end of the fourth quarter, and you've been now playing overtime football for 40 minutes. Like, dude, do the math. Like, this kid, if you make him walk to the sideline at this point, you're a jerk, <laughs> let alone run. <laughs> and so I was just, I was watching that, and I'm just like, man, fresh legs would do you a lot of good here. Like, figure it out. And it just seemed like neither team for a while there could get it going. And then all of a sudden, Illinois put the pressure on them. You know, Penn State responds. Uh, and it goes back and forth until finally uh, Illinois is able to punch one in after Penn State had failed in the ninth. And, uh, dude, I, I mean, that was awesome. And uh, if you're a Duck fan, it is one of those things that helps you because Penn State was ranked above them and no, no longer is. Uh, Ducks did everything they could uh, to make sure that they didn't have a chance uh, moving up this weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but that was a really cool football game. Uh, if you got to watch it, you watch history. It was the longest college football game in the history of the sport. Um, a lot of time. <laughs> it was stupidly long, though. Uh, that game started at 9, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. It concluded at, I believe, one fifteen. Or 120, somewhere in there. Because I know we were for half an hour, the Duck game kicked off around like 1242, 1243 local time. And um, I want to say, yeah, it had to be around 120 because we we missed the whole first, uh, or pretty much the first quarter. Uh, We were watching on GameCast and whatnot. Um, Somebody didn't have ESPN2 or ESPN News, my bad. Um, But anyway, uh, that that was super fun to watch. And again, speaking of the Ducks, going back, the Ducks snuck one out against UCLA. They were down 14. Then they score 31 unanswered points. Then they let uh, the, they let UCLA back into the game, end up taking a 34 to 31 win after Anthony Brown throws not one, but two interceptions uh, as the game's trying to close out. And then um, the Ducks defense gets a stop as the backup quarterback for UCLA, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name now. His brother is the uh, the Cal quarterback. Um, darn it. Uh, starts with a G. My bad. Um, but uh, he backup quarterback is making a drive. 
down the field to get the game-tying field goal and tries to throw what should be a quick route to the outside shoulder and didn't get it to the outside shoulder. Uh, Ducks defender sneaks in, grabs it uh, for the interception, runs it back 20 yards, and they can take knees. Anthony Brown literally did everything he could to give that game away. Two stupid interceptions. I mean, just really bad. The one in the end zone just killed me. The defender had to make no effort to go get that ball. It was thrown right to him. Just a horribly underthrown ball uh, right into the the, fans, uh, the hands of the uh, UCLA defender. But I, I was not impressed at all, once again, uh, with the way this kid plays. Can't throw the ball over the middle. Can't throw the ball deep. Has no touch at all. Uh, Beaver fans should be chomping at the bit for that game at the end of the year because mm. if Anthony Brown is still playing quarterback for the Ducks, uh, we're gonna lose. Like I, I mean, the Beavers, the Beavers are not a really good team, but they are an up and coming team. Yeah, beat and a pretty solid Utah team too. Just Jonathan last Smith week. is he is coaching lights out. I I he, I am a big fan of him as a coach. Uh, also, was a big fan of him when he uh, won that awesome game against the Huskies. But I'm a big fan. But that's a th- way throwback comment. Um, uh, but uh, you can you can look that up. Jonathan Jonathan Smith beats the Huskies on YouTube. You know it's a great game. Uh, dude played literally out of his mind in that game. Um, but uh, no, I I I'm just watching the Ducks going. They're going to lose another one. It's it, there's just no way. Ty Thompson should be playing quarterback for the Ducks right now. I don't know how Cristobal can continue to defend the decision to keep him in there. Moorhead, by the way, uh, who I am not a fan generally of his play calling, did a heck of a job on Saturday. Um, The only reason UCLA was in that game is because of a couple stupid penalties on some younger defenders, uh, some pass interference calls, and then also uh, these horrible interceptions uh, that Brown threw uh, and an untimely fumble uh, by the Ducks as well. But um, genuinely, the... uh, Outside of the turnovers uh, that had happened, that offense was playing well as an offensive unit. The offensive line played amazing, um, and Moorhead called a great game. Uh, just beautifully called game. I uh, Brown, again, can't throw the ball, but what he did was he finally took away these uh, you know, three four uh, option uh, plays where he, you know, Brown's having to scour the whole field. And he went to one and two all the time. Yes, there's four routes still going out, but two of them were streaks. They're just clearing out safeties. Yep. They're pulling guys out. They're, he literally just had to make quick reads. I saw him throw the ball to the open side on these six to seven yard out routes. I think it was seven times in the game to give you second and four, second and three. And it was just beautiful first down play calling by Moorhead the entire game. And uh, I loved it. I, I made that comment. I can't tell you how many times. Look at him using the open side of the field. This is brilliant. Um, he also did not allow uh, Brown to take off and use his feet basically at all. And then all of a sudden, he gets green grass. Holy cow on one side. They were in a single high safety setup. Uh, UCLA was in this one play. And they ran a misdirection uh, to the right. And he uh, does a fake handoff comes around on the bootleg um, massive tight end whose name I'm going to forget number 12 uh, comes inside the line as everybody's pushing to the right he goes to the left and um, the tight end on the other side clears the corner and so he's holding the edge 
the tight end goes through uh, through your far left gap, your outside gap, and all he has to do is get the outside linebacker because the safety bit on the run oh. to the other side, and literally Brown's got 45 yards Jeez. in front of him with no one there. And Brown's not the fastest guy on the field, but he is fast. He is. Um, I would not be surprised if he runs four five four six. I'm not Solid. saying that dude deserves to go to the combine, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but if he, he got invited or at pro day, he's yeah. probably going to run a four five four six, um, which for an NFL quarterback is fantastic. Yeah, um, four six is is good. Four five is great uh, in the NFL for for a quarterback. Um, but uh, but no, that that was also a brilliant play call. He put him in place in in places to succeed. And the Ducks are going to need a whole lot of that. You just can't put anything on the dude's shoulders. That became very obvious this week. Uh, moving back down into the NFL uh, as we continue the discussion. Um, I have a not-so-hot take. The NFL sucked this week. There were no This was one good of the roughest games. weeks. I just could not believe I mean, if you looked at the scores, I've got them up here. Um, and I'm going to run into it just for a minute. Th- this was ridiculous. Okay, so you get the Browns Broncos uh, garbage game on Thursday. Uh, injury fest galore. The Broncos lose three linebackers in that game. They've since made two trades. Uh, one of them stealing yeah, Kenny uh, Young, Kenny Young from the Rams. From the Rams. Not too um, happy about that. Right in now. a trade we don't understand yet, but we think will uh, there will be something. I that think happens. something will pay off. Yeah, there, there, there's a reason you make uh, a move to get rid of your second best linebacker and only bring in like a six round right. 2024 pick. So I'm like, OK, when you're a winning team, when there's got to be win now something yeah. you're about to do. We'll see. We'll put um, the asterisks on that one for now. But other scores, Packers win a two touchdown game over Washington, which also brought us one of the funniest moments of the week when a certain quarterback, uh, sorry, Taylor for the Redskins, <laughs> uh, went and did a premature Lambo leap. Um, and, uh, after he got stopped at the goal line and then ends up getting stuffed <laughs> and doesn't score, um, that one was so weird. I, it was kind of weird. The, it like, was really close. They said he was giving himself up. Yeah. And I, technically he was sure. I'm like, yeah, yeah. If he's not a quarterback, nobody gets that giving himself up call. And that's fair. When he's diving forward, but I get it. That's fair. But the Still tough the Packers end up winning that one by 14. Uh, I'll get to one that one in a moment. Okay, I will say there was a close game, but it was still trash. The Falcons Dolphins. Um, at halftime, uh, I think it was you that came up to me, or somebody did. Uh, we were together Sunday morning, and somebody comes up to me and goes, "It's halftime in this game. Matt Ryan currently has minus three yards." <laughs> Matt Ryan went off in the second half, though. Ends up with three touchdowns Kyle and three hundred yards. Uh, Pitts has a heck of a game, yeah. Um, and they beat the now one in six Dolphins, uh, thirty to twenty eight. By the way, Falcons three and three. They're they're sneaky. I, I it's I, not as bad as we thought I, so far. I don't want to be that guy bringing up week one podcast stuff, but I had kind of talked about potential dark horse teams with the Falcons and with the Colts. We may have made fun of you for the Falcons. We and, might have. and the Colts. Well, I, no, 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 no. This the guy that normally sits in this chair. He made fun of you for the Colts. That's true. I did not make fun of you for the Colts. I, I still, I, I, I don't still think they're a playoff team. But they, it's not going to surprise me if they end up nine and eight. Yeah, like, they could I, be a wild card with yeah. how packed the AFC is. Right I now. think I gave the Colts ten wins. Is what I gave them. They got, they got three right now. They're three and four. Um, and they're trending up. They're trending up. They beat a really garbage 49er team on Sunday night. <laughs> 
Uh, other scores included blowouts from the Patriots, fifty-four to thirteen over Belichick the Jets. Hates the Jets. He <laughs> so, owns the Jets so much. He hates them. Oh my gosh! Uh, the Giants massacred the Panthers, twenty-five to three. That was only the Giants' second win of the year. Remember once we were talking about the undefeated Panthers at three and zero? Not so much anymore. It's almost like losing Christian McCaffrey is a big deal. It's uh, it's really interesting. But this week it was, uh, you know, there he couldn't play, dude. Like Sam sucked. He got benched. Yeah, he he literally didn't make it through the fourth quarter. And then they put in the kid from the XFL, and he goes three for fourteen. <laughs> we were uh, we, we were, were all about, excited about it for a moment, yeah. and then you're like, oh no, he went three for fourteen. Yeah, we were talking well, about sucks. a Sam Donald revenge tour. Is it Walker? PJ Walker? I'd have to look it up. I to think see. it's PJ Walker. I was not paying attention to that game at all. <laughs> it was so bad. A lot of these games I was not paying attention to, to be honest. Uh a game that should not have gone like this. The Bengals 41 17 mm, over the that. Ravens. I love that. We're coming back to that one in a little bit. Uh the Raiders beat the Eagles 33-22. Uh the Eagles did not look good. I, I'm way out on the Eagles. I was out uh, on the Eagles a few weeks ago. I'm way I, out on them now. After I watched the 49ers beat them in that slugfest game, I went, man, the 49ers played bad and beat them. Yeah. And I was like, this this team just does not have it. They just don't. Um, and, and they lose Miles Sanders, uh, gets carted off with an ankle, which I'll kind of yeah. cover when we get over some injury stuff. Oh, but man. But yeah, that they are they are not trending in a good way right now. Uh, the Cardinals uh, beat the Texans. In the uh, uh, 31 to 5, first time in the history Scorigami. of the NFL. That's back to back weeks with a scoregami. Oh, wow. The, what was the other one? I forgot. Um, I know I, we, didn't do our, we didn't do the show last week, so I, I didn't have that one. I, I can look it up. Okay, look that here. one up. But that, yeah, that was 31 to 5. Um, the only time that game was close was when the Cardinals hadn't yet um, just completely blown them out of the water. I think it was 7 to 5. And uh, in in at that point, it already looked like, oh, yeah, well, they got this free safety, you know, uh, handed to them. The Texans did. But I don't think their offense is going to be able to put a touchdown on the board. I, I said that out loud watching a little bit of the game. And then, you know, that held true. Uh, they just couldn't move the ball all against the Cardinals. That defensive line smothered the Texans. Um, the Buccaneers murder the Bears. No surprise there. 38-3. Um, and again, we already talked about the Saints uh, beating the Seahawks 13 to 10. I said I was going to come back to it, though. Uh, one of the biggest shockers this week was uh, undoubtedly, I would, I would put the Bengals Ravens right up there with this, but the Titans beat the Chiefs 27 to mm. 3. Patrick Mahomes sucked. Like he looked like a dumpster fire. He looked like like literally middle of the second quarter Patrick Mahomes on a bad day, but he played that way for all four quarters. You know, like Mahomes used to do that thing where he let the other team run up a little bit. This happened early in the year against the Browns, too. I think that was week two. Mm-hmm. Um, Might have been week one or week two against the Browns, but um, where the, the score goes up uh, against him and all of a sudden he just snaps his fingers, you you know, and boom, he's gone. Yeah. And all of a sudden the Chiefs are up by 10. Um, and it that could have happened in this game, but it definitely didn't. Mm. And they got outplayed, outmatched. And by the way, Derrick Henry's really good at football. Yeah. Um, but 
it was incredible to watch. Titans don't even have what you would call any anywhere near an elite defense right now, statistically no, no. speaking. Not at all. They lost to the Jets not too long ago, folks. Yeah, do your do the math, children. That's really <laughs> bad. <laughs> you if you lose to a team that lost to the Jets, you're horrible. Um, and right now the Chiefs are playing the worst football that they have played since pre Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this this is going back. I mean, you'd have to go. I think seven years back to see the low quality football that they're putting out. Now, am I, am I writing them off? Absolutely not. Because Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Uh, we're going to get to a stat in just a moment though. that talks about how he's not doing really great because genuinely he was just awful. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the interceptions are ridiculous. This dude has thrown as many interceptions as Zach Wilson this year. I believe he's also thrown as many as he had in the last two years combined already. Like the, yeah. And then some, I think, at this point. It is ridiculous what's happening to him. It's just super unexpected and unfortunate, I would say, because I like watching the dude play. He's one of those, like, get to the TV now. It's like Steph Curry when Steph Curry's got, like, 30 points in the first half. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's like, okay, I got to find where my closest TV is so I can watch this guy play. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It, it was absolutely insane. Um, before I, f- I'm going to come back to this this point on Mahomes in just a moment, but we do have to touch on on two teams we've already talked about, and uh, because they're the two best teams in their conferences right now, the Arizona Cardinals are still undefeated. Um, they are they are now seven and zero atop not just the NFC West but the NFC and oh yeah the NFL. NFL. On the other side, though, I am I'm going to Grant is not here to take his lick, but I will take it for him today. The Bengals are good at football. The Bengals are very good. They're good at football. Um, I was wrong. About the Bengals. I was also wrong, and I will publicly admit this for the first time. I was wrong about Jamar Chase. I don't know what he did in the preseason. I don't know if he's just screwing with us or whatever. Because that dude literally had four drops and no catches. And all of a sudden, he regular season kicks in week one. And he's like, hey, guys, JK. Yeah. <laughs> and he I'm is really on good. fire. Like he, well, I don't know what those numbers were this week. Uh, we uh, grab over them. 200 yards. Um Three, two. I don't even know how many I, touchdowns he had. I know at least... Well, the one that comes to mind was that like 85-yard slant yeah. that he broke out Bye-bye. and just took to the house. He which, is by very the way, fast. That's Gorogami, because since I have it here, it was actually the Rams a couple weeks ago against the, the Giants. 38-11. Oh, what was it? 38-11. Okay. And if you are unfamiliar with the term, Gorogami is when a score is achieved that has never been achieved before. Yes. So 38-11 to 11 and then 31-5 from the Arizona Texans. It's always those weird, week. like, odd numbers, yeah. like the fives and You can the go full seasons in the NFL without hitting the score, Gami. Mm-hmm. Full seasons. And we've already got two of them Back-to-back in, weeks. in the first seven weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. That and to put it into perspective, that Ram score was like the 1,098th unique score or something like that. So it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to get a score, Gami, these days. <laughs> but no, it's... I I'm going back into the the Bengals thing though. I it is unbelievable what they are doing. Um and so for good. and for Joe Burrow to come back already and be playing the way that he is after that devastatingly horrible injury. I think people forget how gnarly that one was. Like watching that clip, that's like 
you might not come back after that kind of knee injury, kind of knee injury. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, it, it was crazy. I, I mean, just could not believe it. I, how bad that was. And, and, you know, we made fun of uh, the Bengals as we should have for not taking Penny Sewell. We absolutely should have made fun of them for it. Um, and I will hold that. I will still hold that that was a no brainer decision, but they have found ways to not just win, but win big. I mean, you just beat one of the best teams in the NFL in the Ravens uh, by 24 points in Baltimore, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that is, that just does not happen. And, and good for them. I seriously good for them. Uh, that's a, that is a team that deserves wins. Um, and I'm, and I couldn't be more happy for Joe Burrow. I love seeing oh, yeah. guys come back from an injury and do well. Uh, so it, genuinely happy for him. Um, but I made fun of that Jamar chase pick, uh, until like two weeks ago. <laughs> and then I started being really quiet about He's Jamar chase going. and I was like, uh Oh, we may have to suck this one up. Yeah. And uh, after this last week, uh, it's official. We got to suck this one up. Also, though, um, I did not mention. I, I know Jameson's really bummed out. I did not mention the the Rams beating the Lions. He was. I know you really want to talk about this. Not yeah. really, um, because the Lions came out and played tough. They really did. They've been the best, and I've been saying this for a while now. They're the best worst team. They they are. Well, they're the best worst team in sports. Yeah. Like in any sport, they are the best. When you look team. at how the fight that they've put up against the teams that they've lost to, which is all of them up to this right. point, because uh, they're the only winless team in football right now. But um, I mean, you start up 10-0 on the Rams. Uh, you play a really good half against Green Bay. You make a late kind of push against the 49ers. You're yep. up losing to a well, historic they, they field goal. Put the, put the scare in uh, 49ers. Yeah, you you lose to a. NFL record 66 yarder that doinks off of the bottom crossbar and in, and then you lose a heartbreaker to the Vikings on a last second field goal too. After you right. do everything right, you go up, you go for two to go up one instead of push it into overtime. And so it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak. We can't really talk enough about Dan Campbell and what yeah. he's doing there. Cause they don't have a very talented team, but the he's putting them in positions. They fight really hard for him. Um, we, we love our Dan Campbell. Yeah. If I, if I could adopt a coach right now, I, I, I love Dan Campbell. We, we, we are publicly all in on our love of Dan Campbell. Yes. Um, I, there is no, there's no greater human being to watch on the sideline right now too. I know I made fun of him for crying. Okay. As he deserved it. And I, I, I will hold to that one too. Um, but I love watching one on the sideline. When Goff threw that interception <laughs> at the end of the game, he just literally just like he looks so dad pissed. <laughs> like he's yeah. just looking at him like, "What? What are you?" Now, granted, no, oh, he had oh. an Aaron Donald coming for his yeah. face. Which so? I, uh, have you seen? Did, did you watch the Aaron Donald and Penny Sewell uh, shoving match? Yeah, Penny Sewell wasn't backing down. No, to Penny probably, Sewell was talking trash. That's like one of the, the scariest players of the year. NFL. And yeah. he, he's a rookie standing as I Hold gotta on. respect it. Who's one of the scariest guys in the NFL? Aaron Donald. Because Penny Sewell is one of the scariest he's huge. dudes in the well, NFL. Well, Aaron Donald, you think about, he's oh not very gosh. tall, but Aaron Donald's a big guy. Yeah. And then you is. see Sewell standing next to him, and I'm like, Aaron Donald, James Harrison. Like, also not tall, but like yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, and terrifying to look at. I, I think that, I think James Harrison's scarier to look at. Oh, yeah. Like, I wouldn't look For that sure. man in the eye. For sure. 
Dude, if I saw him in public, I'd just be like, hello, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. But um, I, I love that stuff, though. I mean, even though I'm like, don't dude. touch Aaron Donald. I'm like, I like that. Oh, little- Penny was not backing down. And and you watch, uh, I was watching the matchup. He still ended up as one of the highest graded uh, offensive linemen in the league this week. Yeah. He has been in the top five, I think, already four times. Uh, and uh, um, which is tough to do when you play left tackle. Um, that's why the Trent Williams value, which by the way, 49ers played without Trent Williams on Sunday. That was, yeah. that was hard to watch. Um, although Jalen Moore, a uh, rookie uh, that was playing left tackle, did a really good job. Uh, but the Colts also suck at defensive end, so there's that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I mean, he's Penny Sewell's been ranked again, graded in in the top five, uh, four different weeks, and uh, been taken on just a uh, an onslaught. I mean, his week one was Bosa, you know, it, uh, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Um, but like, it's not like it's been easy for that kid, and to end up and and against him was great in the top five. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, Bosa's sitting there, I think, at number seven in sacks right now in the league. A bunch of them that are tied around five. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's doing a heck of a job, too. But I definitely did want to touch on that uh, on that game temporarily uh, just because I love the way the Lions came out. That onside kick was awesome. The guts to the, do that. Two well, fake punts as well in the course of that game. Somebody, somebody said that, and I think you'll agree with this when I say it, though. Um when you haven't won a game, it's not really guts. You know you got to do yeah. stuff because, A, Jared Goff's your quarterback, and that dude sucks. Uh, Been saying he, that for a little bit now? He really sucks. Um, <laughs> like, this decision-making in games, he it's it's. I'll compare him to Anthony Brown and say, he can't do certain things, and then when you make him think too much, he does bad things with the football. Yes. Um, yes. And that was on full display at the end of that game. He's trying like crazy to keep him in it and just force him passes. I mean, just stupid stuff. I mean, I watch him. He he was yelling at somebody. Um, I think it was. Uh, well, he got really. This is on Swift, but Swift had I, that I know 10, exactly 15 what play yard you're play, talking about. And he hits him in the hands. He had yes, he had to go up for it. Mm-hmm. But like, what are you doing? Yeah, there's also a play. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but Swift. And the flat, this is when they're about in the red oh, zone. Yes. And instead of chopping yep. and sitting there, he chops and then busts out to the sideline and Goff drops it right there for him and Swift is leaving. It's like yep. he, that body language for your quarterback is like, I'm going to be right here. There's no reason to move. No. And, and that was and that his spot. Been a touchdown. And that was his spot and Goff knew it. He wasn't late with the ball. You're the, you're the drop man. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally the ditch pass, you know, um, okay, my first two options didn't go. I'm going to give it to you so you can get us 10. Because he had green grass in front of him, Swift yeah. did. And Swift that had a was good day on him. receiving generally. He yeah, um, and he did and does. I I also saw uh, there was a one uh, earlier drive when they're trying to get the ball down the field, hit him in the hands. Like genuinely, it was it was a little up. Mm-hmm. But then Swift started talking back to Goff, and I'm like, mm, somebody needs to do some correction yeah. there. Uh, Swift doesn't get to talk crap, especially if he got two hands on the ball. Yeah, like Goff has never really he's had Goff has had some really good throws in his career. Uh, back with the Rams, um, but he's—it's one of those things where he's not so good to where he's going to put you in a situation to where you don't have to do anything to catch the ball. So you have to do him some favors, and if it hits you in two hands, dude, you got to make the play, even if it's not the best throwing ball. Jerry, you know? Jerry Rice, the goat receiver, um, used to used to say this often, and you you'll still still hear him when he goes on podcasts, does interviews, whatever. Um, they'll talk to him about what a catchable ball is. Mm-hmm. And, and he used to say this all the time and, uh, and we'll make this quote again. He goes, if you 
get beyond two fingers on the ball. If you can get three on ball. it, it's a catchable ball. And and he goes, any receiver worth the salt in the game knows if I get three fingers on the ball, it's catchable. Be, he goes, it's all about your positioning of your hands and your arms. If you throw too much uh, hands and, and weight forward uh, as with your momentum and you don't leave your hands centered, he talked about that a lot. Um, he goes, your hands to your chest. He goes, your hands as a receiver, unless you're trying to get momentum, you know the ball's coming, your hands go to the middle, and then uh, right before the quarterback releases, and he's like, and hopefully you get your timing to this point where you can do this all the time. He goes, but the your hands go to your chest, you're watching the quarterback, and then as soon as he releases the ball, your hands move to whatever direction the release of the ball is gone, mm-hmm. and if you can get three fingers on that, then you should be able to catch that ball. It's all about momentum, hand positioning, all those things. Um, and Swift has no reason to complain. Yeah. When the ball's right at you, and literally all you had to do was just jump up and grab. Yeah. Granted, um, you're not a receiver, but you're a professional athlete, and, and, and you also catch a lot he out was of the backfield. <laughs> he was drafted for his, uh, his, you know, his receiving. Uh, prowess as yeah. a running back it absolutely was which is where he's making his money right now even though they're yeah. not winning football games because he's hitting almost 100 yards i think three different times now yeah and and getting the catch big one in this game too their yeah. first touchdown oh yeah yeah it, t- it took off he had f- 13 or 14 points yeah. after that one play yeah uh which that was, it was a great piece of running by him too by yeah. the way uh fantastic cut and go but uh, going back as we're exiting nfl and getting into uh just a couple of segments that we have tonight um, uh, before we get to stat of the week again, I just want to touch on, on the Mahomes thing and just say that the chiefs right now are in a complete free for all. That division is still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I believe you got the Chargers sitting there at four and two and coming off a bye week. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the chiefs genuinely, uh, have a better schedule in the, I think it's about two thirds of the way through. They've got a, a gap in the schedule where they can win. They have some winnable games, um, and you've got the ability still with all these games against divisional opponents. You still, you got one against the Raiders left, but the other guys you're still playing twice. Um, where they can get that uh, that gap uh, taken care of. Yeah, they would have really liked to kind of play a little bit of catch up with the Chargers on their bye week too, which is kind of unfortunate for them to right to blow that but like when you have the Raiders the Chargers and obviously now we we know that and we probably knew this for a while but the Denver Broncos are not legit no. um and so the Raiders that's kind of still up in the air I on I think they're better without Gruden realistically um but I don't know if it's sustainable with where they're at they're playing they're still playing but they're, good football but they're playing better like both of the teams in front of them in the AFC West right now the Chargers and the Raiders are both playing better football on both sides than right. than the Chiefs are. So yep. it's about can you come back in, make that run in the second half of the season to put yourself in a position where I think probably their best bet is to win their division. Mm-hmm. Um obviously they would probably slip into a wild card at the worst. Well, but and and here we we've got and and this is why I want to bring this up because the trade deadline is approaching. Yeah. Um and the the Chiefs need to get better in two key areas. One, uh, they've got to be able to man-man cover some people because uh, they are giving up yards and points. Um, they they have just not done a great job on their, uh, their side of the field as defenders 
Um, if teams are getting the ball across the 50 on them, you know, there's only so much the honey badger can do. Yeah. Um, that basically after the, after the defensive line, you've got the honey badger and, and, who? and exactly. <laughs> so I do expect them to make a move because this is a team that can still win right now. You remember they're, they're coming off a, uh, a Super Bowl loss then before a Super Bowl win. Uh, they have a ton of key pieces. They have not lost a lot other than on the offensive line. And I think that is biting them right now. So if they can, if they can handle some stuff, I, I, I think they're okay. Don't get me wrong. I think they're okay at linebacker. They're all right. Sorensen gets cooked in coverage. He does. He does. And, and so you need, you need to adjust a little bit of system here and be able to cover guys man to man on the outside. Um, so that Sorensen's more of a help and not having to cover some uh, very large tight ends that are in that division and very good yes. ones, by the way. Um, we're talking about you, Stonehands McGee, though. Is yeah, there, yeah, so. yeah. I know you yeah. hate Stonehands. Um, we're talking about Jared Cook, for those of you not uh, familiar with that I, conversation. I made a joke where it's like, if I see a Jared Cook uh, tight end appreciation day post, I'm just, I'm <laughs> logging off for the day. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, uh, I, the division's still gettable. They've just got to make some adjustments. The, they need offensive line help. Mahomes is is taking yes. more hits than he's ever taken in his career. Took a brutal one too um, this week. His, you know, I'm I'm just saying I I don't like it when teams give up on players that have given a lot. Eric Fisher was willing to come back uh, for uh, for the Chiefs. He's now starting um, for the Colts, and I will say got the crud knocked out of him by Nick Bosa. But so does everybody. Yeah. Um, he didn't give up a sack this week, but I will say Wentz had a couple timely ones where he just got rid of the ball before he died. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but Eric Fisher's playing for a different team. Um, they gave up. Everybody should remember both their left and right tackle in free agency. And then we were all sitting there going, OK, what'd you do to replace them? Like genuinely, what did you do? And that was our question mark yeah. when we did the preview for the season. That offensive line doesn't look better. And right now, it looks atrocious. And that's essentially what lost you a Super Bowl yep. last year. And so I'm looking around the league going, okay, who sucks right now? Where can you get an offensive tackle? Um, there are some right tackles that are available, that's for sure. But the left tackle market is slim to none right now uh, amongst those teams that are not playing well, i.e. Uh, the Jets, i.e. the Dolphins, um, you know, in, in particular. Uh, the Texans. Yeah. Uh, the, none of those teams are giving up left tackles. That's not happening. Um, and so I think they've got to really weigh out how do we improve uh, these positions and be real honest with their guys in the house that they're just not getting the job done. Uh, that brings me to my stat of the week uh, right now. Patrick Mahomes has as many interceptions in his last 10 games, 13, as Aaron Rodgers has in his last... 51 games. Uh, so, and, and I understand we've been comparing these quarterbacks a lot. Aaron Rodgers coming off MVP season, Mahomes the year before. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, is clearly a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. No doubt. Uh, like 100% locked in, ready to go. Um, but uh, uh, Mahomes right now genuinely looks like he's taking a step back and I don't think he has. I again I think that this offensive line issue is the problem. Yeah. It really is. And the and and I've said this before, I am not a big fan of Clyde. I I don't 
necessarily love their running back situation. If Andy Reid has a fault, it is that he drafts running backs that fumble the ball. Yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I will say, for whatever reason, that has plagued him uh, because the Chiefs should be a three-win team right now, but Clyde dropped a ball that he shouldn't have early in the season. Um, Granted, that was his first fumble, but still, it was yes, it was bad his first time to fumble. have your first fumble when you mm-hmm. drop it in the flat to Tyreek or to Travis Kelsey to avoid that in the first place. Yes, you and know? they but. were trying to run clock out at the end of the game <laughs> yeah. and kick a closing field goal and be done with that. I mean, they didn't; they genuinely didn't need to do anything other than get the next first down or just kick a field goal, and the game was over. Mm-hmm. And they were just giving it to him up the middle. And bro, all you got to do is drop your head and fall. Yeah. And he didn't get his shoulders down quick enough and got a punch uh, put on him. Um, you know, I, so the, I, I'm not a big fan of that situation. I don't feel like he is the answer at running back. Uh, he's the typical, you know, 3.8 yards per carry type back. Um, he does catch a little bit out of the backfield and does okay. Um, but uh, he is not good as a blocker, and they're nope. billing him as a first, second, and sometimes third down running back. And if you're going to be that in the NFL, you have to block. The one of the reasons that Frank Gore had the career that he had, I'm saying that as a 49er fan, he's probably my best example I can just automatically yep. come back with, is he's one of the greatest blockers in the history of tailbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, that that five foot eight, 230 pound bit of awesomeness uh, put dudes on their butt left and right. And he read yep. the blitz phenomenally, uh, which is what you got to do. Clyde does not read a blitz, gets confused in the backfield often and is no help for the chip. And and that's what you need on an outside uh, defensive end cutting in, especially so, when your line is that bad right now. Yeah. And I mean, he's he looks like he's running for his life in the same way that Mahomes is at times. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I know that's a solid stat of the week, but it's just indicative of where the Chiefs are right now. And uh, and I know that needed to be a major topic of conversation today um, is we've got a team that just went to two Super Bowls, doesn't look like it's going to make the playoffs. And it's because they did not manage their roster effectively preseason because everybody should have seen this coming. Yeah. Not necessarily Mahomes turning the ball over, but them taking L's the way that they are. You also got to think, and I'll give this to Clyde just a little bit. Uh, there were three defenders on him and no one blocking two of those guys when that ball got punched out at the end of the game. It's because those dudes got lazy and tired at the end of the game and missed assignments uh, in, in blocking for him, too. So I do need to give him that. And that, that's that's my bad. But I, I don't love him as a running back either. Yeah. So. And to kind of add on top of that too, what we've also been seeing with Patrick Mahomes is because of how bad their offensive line is they can get pressure with three guys yeah they don't need to send anybody and then that's where they can sit back and play cover two which patrick mm-hmm. mahomes has been having a really hard time with he's gone on record of saying like i don't really read defenses i just kind of go out and do the thing yep which he's been doing since he was in college and you know it can work for him obviously the ball is not bouncing his way right now there's balls going when, off of tyree kills hands only got three routes on a cover two yeah, and you're running for your life. Running for your life. Three defensive linemen coming at you. Could you imagine them playing the Cardinals? By the way, yeah, they. Dear Lord, because the, Car- the Cardinals can go get you with three guys yeah. every play. Yeah, JJ uh, Watt's been playing really well for them too. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, and, and Chandler Jones is Chandler terrifying Jones is, all by himself. Yeah, and so 
they're going to get massacred by teams that can just sit back there and do that. Yeah. Um, and, and so Patrick has to kind of play the hero ball also because their defense is so horrible right now. Oh gosh, He's just kind of got to go out there and do everything himself, which I was kind of sharing this graph with you earlier, um, which was it's a graph of all of the teams and their touchdown slash first down percentage, their field goal percentage, their turnover percentage and their punt percentage kind of in a 100 percent. Yeah. So the Chiefs score or get a first down 82 percent of the time. They're only kicking field goals 4% of the time, which is like tied for the least on this list. They're punting the least on this list by quite a bit. They only punt 5% of the time. But then they also turn the ball over 8% of the time. So it's almost like they're scoring or they're turning the ball over. So, And for those of you doing the math, 8% of the time is 8% of their plays. Yes. Okay. So that that means that uh, technically right now, one out of every, what, 12 and a half plays, I think is what that comes out to, is a turnover. In the NFL, on a, on a good week, I mean, you're hitting, what, 65 to 70 plays on a good week? Mm-hmm. That means they are averaging, let's count them, five turnovers a game on a heavy plays week. Yeah. Now, they're not getting that. Now, and to be fair to them, they're actually averaging four because... They're, when you turn the ball over, you're losing the amount of plays that you're getting overall within the context of the game. So I would, if I'd imagine, if I went and looked at their average plays per game right now, I bet you they're sitting at just under 60 or around 60. Uh, and they're probably on the lower end of the amount of plays a game because usually the high turnover rates mean you less yeah. plays. Um, but they do have, I will say, they are, so they're a boomer bust team on, on offense. They have oh, the yeah. highest touchdown or first down percentage in the league at 82%. Um, but they they have and they have the lowest punt percentage. They also are tied for the lowest field goal percentage. They are just flat out not utilizing uh, their kicking game yeah. at all, which is a little bit of a shame too. Because you know Butker is is fantastic. <laughs> I've got my fantasy team. You could just go in there and hit me some chip <laughs> shots, why don't you? I mean seriously. I and what's been interesting is where they're turning the ball over. Because uh, I think if you look at, I I, I want to say that the stat that I saw going into this last week was that 50% of their turnovers had been in on the other side or the other team side of the field. Yeah. Um, it's like straight up as half on, on one side of the 50, half on the other going into this last week. And I don't know those numbers added in, but would say that that is very uncharacteristic. That's not normal. That means that your offense is forcing too many things and trying to make too much happen. Usually that means you're also behind a lot, which the Chiefs are not accustomed to. And it's, again, because of a bad defense mm-hmm. uh, that has been putting them in holes. And then also the offensive line, again, that's leaving them running for their lives. Interesting on this graph, though, several things. <laughs> We're going to mention uh, one because Grant's not sorry, here. Grant. Well, not really. but um, Not really because we hate your team. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the Seahawks have the fifth worst offense in the league. The only teams that are worse than them, and this will surprise pretty much nobody, is the Texans, the Jets, the Bears, and I was a little surprised the Panthers are all the way down here. Um, They've trended down super hard the last, last few weeks, yeah, which last is probably what gets especially. There, um, and that's fair. No Christian McCaffrey, which is 60% of your offense. Um, but they are, they're f- touchdown, first down, is it 69%? They're, um, <laughs> they're at 6% uh, of the, uh, sorry, 
I want to get these numbers right. 6% of the time, they're kicking field goals. And then 4% of the time, they're turning the ball over. So they don't do that a ton. Well, yeah, Russ, when he was playing, he only had one pick. Right. So. They're, they're, they're tied for uh, uh, lowest turnover percentage. But then they have a staggering <laughs> punt rate. And I know they have a good punter. Dixon's a good punter. Pro Bowl season incoming. Dude, for sure. Because he's the amount the of opportunities he's, <laughs> he's getting. getting. the reps. But they are punting the ball on 21% of their plays. A fifth of the time. That means they right now they are second in the league for three and outs as an offense. They only trail the Texans. <laughs> you know who you know who gets more first downs than the Seahawks? Who, Matt? The Jets. <laughs> you know who gets more first downs than the Seahawks? Justin Fields and the Bears. And that offense looks abysmal, by the way. We'll probably oh talk about that gosh. a little bit at some point, I would imagine. But I mean it. It is laughable where they're at. And I'm a 49er fan whose team is not playing great. Uh, and I know I know Grant's going to listen to us later, so I need to be fair here. Uh, the 49ers are first down touchdown at 72%, um, which I recognize is only 3% better uh, than the Seahawks. They are kicking field goals at 5%. Their turnover um, uh, rate is high at 9%, but they are only punting 14% of the time. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, uh, the Rams, you know, they're just in the top four of this graph. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're going to ignore the fact that the Rams are in the top four of the graph uh, so that me and Grant can continue to sleep at night. <laughs> and uh, we'll be fine with that. You guys do have one of the higher uh, field goal percentages at yeah. seven. Matt Gage uh, is slinging it out there. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that no, I mean, just I, we'd encourage you guys. We're going to we're going to have Grant throw this up on uh it's a really interesting graph yeah we're gonna have him throw it up on our on our instagram page and go check that out um the uh the post is literally called the kansas city chiefs don't punt um <laughs> but uh and i'll uh, i'll find the credit for it too and we'll uh because there's a there's a twitter account that i've been finding those from so i will uh I'll get that to Grant uh, as well so we can properly credit the work being done there. But super interesting to see where a lot of teams are and how they're utilize, or how their play structure is going over the course of the year. It, it's also really interesting to see the lack of discrepancy in the middle teams uh, because you genuinely go to this graph and with the exception of the Chiefs, okay, who again have the highest scoring offense uh, or one of the highest scoring offenses in the league, um, but with the exception of them, the the teams at the top of this graph are very good. Um, you know, you have uh, the Cardinals actually are in fifth place on this uh, sixth place. Am I reading that right? Sixth place. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the number one team in the NFL, um, interesting ones, uh, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Chargers are teams that are above the uh, the Cardinals. The Bills and the Titans are right around there. The Browns and the Packers are right around here. The Ravens are right below the Packers. And then you get into the real like middle pack here. Uh, Patriots, Colts, Falcons, uh, 49ers sitting in that in that mid range. What I what also stuck out to me on this was a team that's getting it done who has a higher than average punt percentage, who is right in the middle on turnovers and uh, who's right in the middle on field goal percentage. Um, and low on touchdown first down, that's the Bengals. I was noticing that. Now that's... The Bengals are ranked with the seventh lowest offense, if you go by this graph, in terms of productivity on their plays. Uh, they're they're punting the ball 18% of the time. 
Uh, they are kicking field goals 8% of the time, which is h- higher than average in the NFL. Or sometimes they're just not making them at all, like at the Green Bay game. <laughs> right. I think one thing they're doing is they're staying on the lower end of turnovers. Uh, they're probably around 8th or ninth place for turnovers, and I think that is genuinely keeping them in games. Um, but like if you look through this, uh, their offense is okay. I mean, you look at those numbers and go, they're doing all right. They're not bad, but they're not great. And uh, it lends me to this thought. One, they do have a lot of home run plays. Yeah, we just talked about that 80-plus yarder. From Jamar, Jamar. Chase. Yep. And then also, their defense is not bad. I actually just sent you a graph from the same guy uh, for the defensive equivalent of what we just talked about, which, by the way... Um, he goes by uh, Computer Cowboy on Twitter, but his name is Ben Baldwin, so shout out. And, and, and here goes to prove our point. Um, the defense right now uh, that the, the Bengals are putting out, they are ranked uh, fifth in the league uh, on, this list. You know, on this list. And uh, that just makes a lot of sense. Here's, the, here, here's how all the things we've been saying about the Chiefs just came to light in, this, in math. <laughs> Uh, the Chiefs, number one on uh, touchdown first down uh, for their offense. On their defense, dead last. 81%. 82% on offense, touchdown first down. 81% on defense, touchdown the only, first down. The only down. team in the 80% range, by the way. The second worst is 78%. And that is the Redskins. Um, they are absolutely abysmal on defense. Teams only punt 8% of the time. Versus the Chiefs, which is the lowest that's tied with um, the Chargers, actually. But they have a 76% touchdown first down rate, and they're generating more turnovers. Chiefs are only generating turnovers 4% of the time. Also, another team uh, who is good defense, bad offense, uh, Panthers. Yep. Uh, They are ranked second on this graph. Making Uh, people punt the most on this list, actually, 20% of the time. And and not shocking is is the Saints who are winning games with defense right now yes. uh, ranked number four. Yeah, I uh, was a little encouraged here as a 49er fan. I'll just give a quick mention uh, that our defense is in the top ten uh, at the moment according to the graph and uh, and has one of the highest uh, punt uh, percentages in the league. Yeah, that makes me feel. Rams good. are a little down there, but they also have a 10 percent turnover rate, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you got to get the ball one way or the other, and you do have takeaway machines in both Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And I'll say this pretty much because it's been this way, except for last year, we had a really good defense. Uh, Rams kind of have a bend, don't break mentality, which was on display versus the Lions. We let them get down to a part where Jared Goff could, you know, score with like four minutes left to to put them up. And then we generate a turnover. So kind of saves our bacon there. But. You know, you know what's funny is uh, um, the Bills have the highest turnover percentage in the league. They have fourteen percent, just just nuts. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're coming off a bye week, and we kind of talked about how good their offense is, obviously, but their defense is legit, right bro. Bro, that I, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out. That means that one in six and a half to seven plays is a turnover, according to this. That is pretty nuts. ridiculous, um, uh, which makes me feel better about my Bills AFC pick. And, and <laughs> they also have a decent punt uh, percentage that they're getting too. Uh, the Bills are terrifying. Uh, that just in. Also, um, I was just looking at this uh, because we haven't talked about Diggs a lot 
Uh, That's my stat of the week. I'll actually will, okay. We're I'll gonna let, get there. I'll let you one read second. that yeah. off. Yeah. So because the Cowboys though, um, the Cowboys have are, are tied are for the third highest uh, turnover percentage in the league. I just wonder how much of Diggs by himself accounts for. I want to hear this number. So let's get to that stat. Okay. So again, granted, um, some of these stats are going to be a little older because we missed a week of the podcast, but it sure. doesn't really affect this one. Um, because of the fact that they had a buy. Um, so now, obviously, this this is actually a stat that's going to go the other way. He's generated seven turnovers single-handedly. That's obviously fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, but the reason that the Cowboys are kind of in the middle of that graph is also because he has allowed 246 yards in coverage and 271 unintended air yards. That's 0.91 yards per air yards ratio, which this is kind of getting nerdy, but that's the fourth worst among uh, cornerbacks with 200 plus intended air yards uh, per uh, at football underscore SIS, which is just an aggregate of uh, stats there. Um, So basically, long story short, the aggressive corner play kind of comes at a cost. You're a boomer bust corner. You're not great in coverage, but you're generating those turnovers which is where right. you see their defense kind of also be a bit of a bend don't break where they're not allowing a lot of points. They're one of the better defenses right now in football when it right. comes to like points per game, but you're also turning the ball over a lot. Yeah. Uh, again, 10% of the time, according to that graph. So, um, and, and also kind of funny bonus to that. He's scored more touchdowns than his brother, Stefan Diggs has <laughs> by about double. I think at this point, Stefan Diggs, pro bowl wide receiver playing for the bills right now. Yeah. And, and by the way, seven touchdowns, uh, and for them, six games, I believe is unreal. Yeah. Uh, or seven corner. takeaways. Yeah. Or yeah. Seven takeaways. Um, what is he? Do you have three seven turnovers? I, multiple touchdowns. I think it's three touchdowns. I think so. Cause I think Stefan um, has two. I've got yeah. him in one league. And he's he's doing just fine on the catch and reception uh, catches and reception yeah, yards. And then obviously a, a big one too, right before work. their bye week, kind of seal right. it. Which was funny too because then the very next drive, uh, he gets burnt uh, by Bourne for like a seventy <laughs> right. some yard touchdown. So it's just kind of again the give and take with a guy like Diggs. But right. uh, when you're a turnover machine, you kind of you know you, uh, the Cowboys are gonna take it. You yeah. know they're they're gonna try and figure out you know certain things to to get him more help and coverage. Yeah, and I've uh, talked about sure, this too. Like when Grant was here, we kind of made the Marcus Peters two point right. kind of comparison. Marcus it's, Peters not the greatest cover guy, but he's gonna no, get the ball turned it's over the for knack you. for being around the ball. And and there there are guys who literally make careers on just being able to be around the ball. Troy Polamalu not a great coverage safety. Ball literally hunter. the best at getting to the ball yeah period he gets a lot of Deion sanders comparisons too because of the True. cowboys and all that and i don't know if i'm ready to go there I, but I, I'm, I'm not ready to go there because <laughs> i used to watch Deion sanders shut guys down i mean he, he literally like we can talk about revis island Deion sanders made dudes so mad in the middle yeah. of the game part of it is because he ran his mouth better than his, anybody in the his, history of the game his swagger is on a different level but, but. i mean genuinely like um, I, I, there's a matchup between him and Jerry Rice uh, mm, when he's playing I for love. the Falcons. I, I when Sanders is, and they're going back and forth in this game. And um, I, and if you guys are unfamiliar with how defenses work, a lot of a lot of defense nowadays, um, a cornerback doesn't necessarily follow the best receiver on the team uh, and play either side of the defense. They usually play 
right corner, left corner, or they play their system may have them playing the wide side of the field and then the, the uh, uh, weak side of the field. So it, it just depends. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, what your system is, but very rarely does a corner follow a receiver the whole game. Well, back in the nineties, it was best corner plays on the, the, the best receiver and, and probably for years prior, but in specifically in this era of football, it was best man plays best man. Yeah. And they did that. There was not a lot of systems that went outside of that in the NFL, at least um, in college, it was common, but in, in the NFL, I, it, it, it was not, uh, you, you definitely were going to send your best guy. So there's Dion on uh, Jerry and they're going back and forth in this game. I could, I should find the date on this, but, um, as they're going back and forth, um, Jerry gets a couple of catches on him and he's at like three or four for the game. And, uh, it's early in the third quarter and Jerry gets his, like, I think it was fourth one. And it was only like a three or four yard gain. Uh, Dion tackles him, gets him down, and Dion's talking trash to him, and uh, and he's just going, "Look at this, I got you, I got you." And uh, and Jerry goes, "It's early, man. It's early, <laughs> you know." And he's he's like, I- "I'm coming, I'm coming for you." And and he's telling him, and um, Dion uh, um, keeps coming at him, keeps coming at him, and he does stop him on some routes. He, he's there's a, uh, at one point he's unable, Jerry Rice is unable to finish a route out and, um, this ball goes sailing over his head and Dion's just clapping at him and, you know, he, he's just trying to get him all riled up and Jerry starts laughing next series. Uh, that was third down. And so the four downers forced to punt next series where Jerry's, uh, coming down the field, he does a double move and takes the ball over the top and Dion slips and uh, Jerry ends up getting tackled by a safety about 30, 35 yards down the field. Jerry says nothing and walks by him. And you, you kind of see this, this look from Dion. He's got his hands on his hips and he's looking down. And, uh, and as, uh, as he walks by, Dion says something. And Jerry just turns around and looks at him and he goes, you're going to be doing that the rest of the game. And, uh, and he just kind of picking on him. And, uh, and, you know, Dion starts chirping back but for the rest of the game. Dion doesn't come back from it. And, uh, then in the fourth quarter, uh, this, the Falcons were not good at the time. Yeah. Uh, they're down by 17 and, uh, Dion gets this grab and, uh, um, ends up, uh, I think it was a deflection. He gets it, runs it back, does a Dion thing. I steps into the end zone, you know, celebrating yeah. big. But there's four minutes left. They're now down by 10. You know, 49ers just got to get the ball, control it, and they kill the clock. Game's over. You know, um, I think I think they ended up punting the ball away with around a minute left um, after all the timeouts get used up. But essentially, they had ended the yeah. game. You're not usually not going to really get the opportunity to score twice in, in a minute, and they didn't score once. So I think that was the final. And it, uh, after the uh, as they're finishing up the game, apparently Jerry goes and he shakes Dion's hand. And uh, he's like, good, you know, good game, young man, you know, giving him all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and Dion goes, he goes, what are you celebrating for, man? I scored as many times as you did today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just chirps back, uh, you know, and that's really where Diggs is at, though. Like he's given up those big plays. And don't get me wrong. Dion was yeah. fantastic as a, co- a coverage corner. But like, um, but he he is he's giving up what he is taking. Now, what um, what is important to note 
is that Diggs is doing something that nobody's done in the history of the game. If he continues His on pace this all pace, time. it will be the greatest single season in terms of takeaways for any player in the history of the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to continue. Okay, I'm not. But if he does, um, it will be the greatest single season takeaway uh, by any any player. So you'll you'll take what you're getting. Oh, absolutely. You'll take what it's you're getting. It's an absurd output, season. given oh, yeah. the fact that like they kind of already have that bend out break. They're not giving up a lot of points. Right. That's because they're taking the ball away. If you're he generates sometimes two turnovers in a game. You know, yeah. if you're taking the ball away twice, we've kind of talked about the Patrick Mahomes thing. You take you know you give the ball away. It's already going to drastically limit the amount of plays you're going to have. Right. And the uh, they can already run the football, too. For comparison, in Dallas again. Two, so. two interceptions in a game is a career game for any other player. Right now, for Diggs, yeah. it's just Sunday. Yeah. And we've, that's nuts. We've poked fun at Jamal Adams and his, his interception takeaway stuff. <laughs> but you have a guy that can do seven. I, I can't remember. I feel like I looked it up, and this number could be totally wrong. But I feel like the number was nine. Um, it, Maybe it was just for a rookie or something. Uh, as far as takeaways or maybe that was the all-time number i can't remember but he's well on his way to you know keeping up this pace and potentially being in in double digits um yeah i mean right right now he's he's looking uh at a possible 16 to 17 at the pace which is obviously a a bit absurd but yeah at some point it's gonna calm down or he might get injured miss a game or two that that happens to everybody yeah and, and we may see that number come down but it's pretty fun to watch right now yeah it definitely is um, well, we want to get into our would you rathers and our injury report uh, as we uh, we're heading towards the end of the show this week. Um, I, why don't we go ahead and rotate on these? I just got four of them this week. Wasn't my favorite would you rathers, but a few things came up uh, that made it a little bit fun. Um, right now, would you pick the Chiefs or the Steelers to make the playoffs? The Chiefs or the Steelers? I would rather take the Chiefs. And we've kind of already... I mean, we've been talking about the Chiefs now for like 15 minutes straight. But basically, regardless of all of that, we've kind of mentioned how their division can be kind of up in the air. I think the Chargers are still legit. I don't know long-term the Raiders' success. Um, I believe their Raiders' schedule is actually kind of favorable for them towards the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, they're already trending up and they can continue that trend, even if maybe they're not as good as their record shows and maybe the Chiefs are the better team. At the end of the day, if you're going to have two teams in your division that are going to be playoff teams, it's going to be hard for you to squeak into that seventh spot. I still think any team with Patrick Mahomes is not a team that you can write off. And on the flip side, the other team has a very legit defense, but they also have the corpse of Big Ben. (laughs) So unless they were to make a quarterback change, because I think their skill positions are actually pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I've that. been saying this for weeks now. Um, ship on over uh, a guy like Gardner Minshew or something. Just put a gunslinger Do in that something. offense. Um, and by the way, the Eagles just brought him up. Uh, yeah, they because so. they uh, they sent over um, Flacco. What, Flacco, yeah, they sent Flacco back to the Jets because Wilson went down <laughs> on so, Sunday. Um, but I until there's a change in quarterback, I don't really have any faith in the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would still take the Chiefs in that scenario. I I'm actually gonna take the Steelers, and not not for any dramatic reasons. Um, but I I I like where they're at on the line of scrimmage. 
Uh, I like Najee Harris a lot. Um, I I just I think he's a dynamic player, and I like their skill positions quite a bit. Not that I don't not like uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis, <laughs> Travis or anything. Kelsey, yeah. Um, but I think their defense puts them in position to win games. And as we just saw in the Steelers last game against said Seahawks, yeah. um, which we did not get to celebrate on the show uh, enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but no, I TJ Watt is one of the best players on the defensive side of the ball in the league. I'm certainly making a case for the best yeah. uh, currently, uh, at least possibly this season. Um, but I, I just like where they're, they're at everywhere, but quarterback yeah. um, and and uh, with Chiefs, I'm not that concerned about Mahomes himself, much as I am, of course, that offensive line, as we spent way too much time talking about already. But I, yeah, I think I would take the Steelers just because I think their team's in a good position. Both have good coaches, yeah. uh, you know, Super Bowl winning coaches. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong on special teams or anything like that for either squad right now. So, yeah, you pick the lesser of two evils as far right. as like what can this team improve on and where are they already doing well? Yeah. Uh, obviously it's not great that they were struggling with the Seahawks and Geno Smith to begin with, but a lot sure. of that's because they don't have any offensive output really. But it, you know, line of scrimmage matters. Yeah. And, and I, I picked the Steelers because the line of scrimmage. matters. Yeah. And I think they're doing a better job there right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll read off this next one. So you can start this one. Uh, our next would you rather is would you rather be a Manning cast guest or do an episode of ridiculousness? This is actually very hard for me. Yeah, I know you're a big ridiculousness guy. I, so. I love the Manning cast as we talked about at the top of the show. Um, I could not contribute to that lineup the way the rest of their lineup does. <laughs> and while it would be an honor to be on the show, I probably bring a lot more value to ridiculousness and <laughs> And I am a huge fan of ridiculousness. I, I could, I, whenever my wife and I are traveling, um, we don't have MTV at home. So I watch ridiculousness on my phone through their Facebook page, yeah. and, uh, Instagram page and whatnot. Um, and I'll watch like the really long, like 10, 12 minute clips of the shows. Um, but my wife and I pretty much just watch ridiculousness if we're just sitting in a hotel, you know, like we, we just went to the coast for a night, not that long ago. And we could have put on a movie. We could have gone for a few <laughs> walks on the beach. Could have done whatever. We turned on ridiculousness and listened to the waves crash on the shore and had a great night. <laughs> like, we are both really big like fans. That. I would probably pick ridiculousness just because of what I bring to it. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I would rather be on the Manning cast. But again, like you... What are they going to ask me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, what am I going to talk about that makes anything interesting? Because even the people that they bring in outside of football are like other professional athletes or are the best at what they do in some yeah. other given field. And it's like, I'm just kind of here. Like, I want to sit in on your guys's conversation and just kind of laugh with you. I, but think, I don't bring anything. I think I would genuinely if I was on the Manny cast, I would just try and stir the pot hard. Yeah. Like I would go in with a ton of good questions. I would have gone and just asked the opinion of anybody that that could give me good advice on how to stir that pot with them. And, you know, I would have done everything I could to to talk to Archie Manning and just be like, how do I tick him off? Yes. Like, how do I get him fighting? Yes. Like whatever I could do to make it uh, get ugly on there, I'd be about that. Yeah. You basically <laughs> like, yeah, if you put me in the like, because Peyton asks a lot of the questions, you know, if you yeah. put me in that role and then let me kind of cook with that, 
then maybe I would probably pick that just because sure. I also love the Manning brothers as like a football fan. But yeah, um, I also like Rob Deerdeck a lot. Grew up on oh. Robin Big, so you know. Yeah. Um, I would probably say ridiculousness right now, but if I could have the chops to be on the Manning broadcast, that'd be awesome. Well, we mentioned earlier that, uh, and we talked about Brady being on the Manning cast, and in spirit of that, would you rather play catch with Tom Brady or play golf with Tiger? I'm going to play catch with Brady any day of the week, yeah. and that's probably not surprising because I'm not the biggest golf guy. I do love Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if I were to watch golf, it's because I would be interested in what Tiger is doing, yeah. uh, even though he's not up to much these days, obviously. Um, but his Masters run was like one of the recent times Dude, that I've tuned Red, in to Red golf. Sunday and actually, was must watch TV for like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, um, it was awesome. And, um, but the kind of the history of Tom Brady and the fact that he's like unequivocally the best to do what he's done ever out of anybody, yeah. you know, there's arguments to be made. Like Tiger was probably the most dominant for his period of time, but like in the grand scheme of things is everybody going to be like, he doesn't have the majors record. Yeah. Is you he know, the Nicholas greatest golfer that. ever? It's like, well, you know, probably Jack, not. Jack still owns it. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, um, I'm a more of a football guy to begin with. Tom Brady also just threw his 600th touchdown pass, which we didn't really talk about at all. Cause we didn't have a reason to talk about yeah, that. Not but really. The first to ever do that. 38 to three. win. Uh, so yeah. That was, yeah, it was a garbage <laughs> game, but that was crazy. And, uh, Mike Evans gave his ball away. Well, and, when he's 50 <laughs> years old and he's still throwing touchdowns, he'll be the first to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're both, they both also be a really interesting conversation because of their histories. Obviously there's more dirt yeah. like in the tiger woods realm, but I mean, I, well, I mean, you could, you could, you could go to deflate gate here. You could go to the, you know, some of the video scandals. If you want to talk about what is, but, but is that just Tom Brady? That's not like no, Tom it's, Brady it's, directly it's Patriot you know. stuff. I, I think that they would both be incredible to spend time with. And, but here's the thing. I don't play football anymore. Like at all. Tiger could make me better at golf like immediately and I do play golf and so I might just take it with Tiger for that specific reason and how many people actually get to spend time with Tiger Woods I feel like there more opportunity comes to certain people with Tom Brady because he's he's more accessible if you will yeah um and not that he's incredibly accessible as an athlete but I, I'd probably, and also we didn't give a duration here. Like maybe we're playing catch with Tom Brady and oh, doing then you lunch. Get to play eighteen holes, but you'd play eighteen <laughs> holes with Tiger, you know, and and spend the time. So I'll take I'll I'll take the golf with Tiger just because it benefits me personally. I'm such a horrendous golfer that I don't even want to like waste his time. Yeah, but I feel like you could. But get, now that if you means you got a swing going though. Like, are you just a guy that could go out to the driving range and pound a couple? Like you 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 have good size. I, I could. I just don't swing a golf club enough. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe. But so, I also I, don't care enough about golf to be like, I'll, like I'll if be, he tried to tell me something, I wouldn't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> but know? I mean, you're, but you're still, you're an athlete, and I think, I think if he spent thirty minutes with you, you're hitting the ball straight and far. Probably. You know, I, now Probably. could you do it when he's not standing there whispering in your ear? Probably not. No. <laughs> but um, um, but like we have we have a we have a friend um who goes to church with us um who is not a great golfer um but loves golf and uh, knows the game well. Uh, and his name's Sean. He will never be on this show. He will probably never <laughs> listen to this show. 
um, because he he genuinely I don't think would ever watch ESPN voluntarily, but he does like to play sports. And Sean Sean hits a golf ball over 300 yards uh, on a semi regular basis with his driver, especially. I've watched him do it with his three wood. And Sean is a whopping, what would you put him at? Like 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, he is pretty short. Yeah, he's, he's a shorter dude, and Sean's probably around 185 pounds. You know, he's stocky, yeah. but but he just turns. Those Eli hips, he has those when he plays golf, and it's amazing to watch. That's that baseball, right, influence there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he bats lead off on our, our softball team, um, and, and he's definitely the fastest guy on the team. Uh, we he plays shortstop for us very quick. That you need to be fast to play sh- uh, to play shortstop and slow pitch, in my opinion, um, or or just be quick to first base. But no, he's he's just a pure athlete. Um, but genuinely, like surprising how far he can hit a ball. <laughs> I would love to see what Tiger could get him to do because I've watched him hit 315, 320 yards. I've watched him with you know just him swinging away. And we have another buddy. His name's Tyler, and he is not a small human being. And Tyler also hits the ball pretty far, not shockingly. Um, but uh, the two of them were playing together and trying to hit the ball, one, <laughs> go, going for it. And so I'm, and I'm always a better coach than player in almost everything, right? I, I, I coach really well. I'd say softball is the thing that kind of evens me out. I'm probably just as good as I coach. Um, but uh, I, the, uh, but watching the two of them, I'm like, hey, try this, try this, try this. And on one hole, I genuinely got both of them to hit over 315 yards just by making some adjustments. If I can do that and I suck, what just can imagine, Tiger do with me? <laughs> what, what could Tiger do? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like with your size, what could you do with in like with a guy like Sean who can just turn on a ball? Could he get Sean to hit 340 yards? Probably. That would be amazing. I mean, for Sean's size, but he's already got all this natural speed and ability. Like, you know, and I think he could definitely get Tyler to do it at least once. You know, Tyler, Tyler was a all state offensive lineman, you know, and a amazingly a gifted dude for his size, like just stupidly good at football, but also uses his power for good. Yeah. And uh, it, it would be incredible to watch. Yeah. Anyway, I would also just not embarrass myself as much in front of Tom Brady because I can that throw is football. True. So. I, I can throw football. I would I would feel fine. Yeah. I would be like, OK, I how, might I might have show me what me. I need to do with my footwork. That's probably my weakness. But I know my I know my upper body's fine. Or I might just be like slinging the rock and have him tell me something really cool about oh, like coverages or something that tell, I don't need to use, but I would love to know it. Tell me the dumbest thing you ever heard come out of Randy Moss's mouth. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I want to hear that one. What was it like to throw the ball up and just be able to walk off? What is the biggest meal Vince Wilfork ever ate in front of you? <laughs> like, because that dude puts it I could away. also learn some lifelong TB12 lessons to do whatever I want until I'm like 60 years old. Yeah. Seriously. How much chicken and fish do you eat, bro? And like, what is a real superfood? Cause I guys diet is better than anybody else's diet. Exactly. So, I mean, Hey, maybe I'll just do that instead. Yeah, there you go. You know, maybe that's what you do. You just play catch and ask questions. Yeah. So, uh, the, the last one here, uh, <laughs> takes us back to kind of to the beginning, uh, when we we're talking about baseball stuff, would you rather get caught stealing signs in the MLB or cheating at a blackjack? Or cheating at blackjack at a casino. This one's a no-brainer for me. I'd rather get caught cheating at blackjack, no problem. Because all that's going to happen to me is I'm getting thrown out of a casino. Nobody wants. They don't want anybody to know my name, right? The yeah. casino is just like, no, I don't want. I, we don't want people to know who you are. Get him out of here. I'm probably going to get punched in the eye and left in an alley. 
and that's the worst thing that happens. You get caught stealing signs in Major League Baseball. No one wants to talk to you ever you're again. You're blackballed. You literally, your grandma's not buying you anything for Christmas. You're not welcome at family dinners. Like, everybody hates your guts, i.e. the Astros like we talked about already today. I genuinely would rather steal anytime or get caught stealing at Blackjack. Yeah. Um, but that also means I probably didn't get caught at some point. I might have a few dollars in my pocket. Yeah, there you go. I guess really the only reason that you would say I would rather get caught stealing signs in baseball would be like if there's any legal repercussion to cheating at the casino or death. I just feel like casino people are super shady. Yeah. So I guess it depends on where yeah. you're at. Like the amount that you're ditch. cheating for. If you're cheating at like a small table, like there's going to be, get out of here, man. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're just dropping 20s, but if you're in the yeah. high rollers table. Yeah. Mm. there Now, there's no variable like that when you're cheating in like MLB. Like it's either no, you do it cheating. and you're done or you just don't do it. Be, so. well, in the MLB, like the people are so like fans are so hard. The writers are so awful to people. It's like you think about it like um, Barry Bonds. Never tested positive for steroids. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He might be the greatest hitter of all time. MLB beat writers or something else. Dude, those guys, they're, uh, I'm not going to say the thing that's going on in my head about how I feel about how they handle these situations, but I will say they are the stingiest human beings when it comes to this. You have no proof. Like, literally, all you got is hats don't fit his head. That's all you got. <laughs> and he's crushing baseballs like and, nobody. Yeah, like, I, I mean, there are... There are times that Barry Bonds was walked with the bases loaded because his team was down by two runs and they were so scared of what he could do with the baseball. They'd rather put him on and make it a one run game and take their chances with the guy batting behind him in either the four or the five spot um, and trying to just get the out there than deal with that guy. I mean, he is he's definitely one of the scariest hitters of all time if not just flat out the best. Um, David Ortiz recently on record is saying he is the best hitter uh, of all time, uh, which says a lot because David Ortiz is the best clutch hitter of all yeah. time. Um, now, don't no get doubt. it twisted. I am as sure of Barry Bonds actually using steroids as I am of OJ killing those people. So <laughs> um, That might be fair, but never <laughs> but, tested positive. But he didn't test positive I mean, like, it, so. I, I, here, I have a question. As a, as a non, because I'm a Red Sox fan yeah. and I'm biased in this conversation. Do you, do you think that looking at David Ortiz that he ever did steroids? I, like the eye test says no to me because he doesn't have the the big he, muscular yeah, physique. There there are certain physiques with steroids that you can just kind of tell, and there's like some of those steroid side effects. I feel like his head's but, the same the size as mine. I don't have a small yeah, noggin. Yeah, but it's also kind of hard to tell because like some of those baseball guys already don't have like the craziest physiques, right? You know? So when you already are kind of like an average physique, but that's built to hit a baseball and then you take some steroids, it's kind of hard to tell. Barry Bonds was just like massive. Yeah. Dude, Christian Vasquez and, and weighs, he is the starting catcher for the Red Sox. He weighs more than I do. He is shorter than me. Um, and, uh, and, and as far as hitting catchers this year, uh, at middle of the road, like I think he batted around 250, you know, very middle of the road average. Uh, didn't didn't hit a lot of home runs, didn't have a lot of RBAs, but he also bats at the end of the order, mm. you know. And I was like, I'm watching this dude run bases, and then I I actually saw some video of me that my my wife had taken at one point to make fun of the way that I run sometimes. Um, and uh, and I'm like looking at me running and looking at him running. I'm like, I look better. 
<laughs> in t-shirt and shorts than he does yeah. in his baseball uniform yeah. from an from just a look standpoint. That dude doesn't take off meals. Yeah. You know, and I understand he's a catcher, but still. Um, you know, I just yeah, Bartolo Colon is the ultimate example. Yep. Maybe a David Wells, the pitch for the Yankees. Bartolo Colon pitched into his forties, uh, hit a home run a year, by the way, as a pitcher. Um, and, uh, Looking like the Pillsbury dumb, man. he yeah. looked horrible. The dude had a gut hanging over <laughs> his belt every year and still was getting wins, you know, into his early forties. Um, body is optimized for one thing and one thing only dude. He knew he how to jiggle that belly right to left as he threw that ball. And I mean, use it all for his benefit. David Wells is one of those two where that dude literally looked like he just fell off a bar stool and walked onto the mound. And there's a few stories about times he Probably, literally yep, did that. Yep. Um, like he showed up an hour before a game one time. Uh, this is right before the playoffs um, and they needed to win to get in. And he, he had spent the entire night um, immersed in adult beverages and uh, showed up to the game with a, a Starbucks coffee in his hand and another one sitting in the cab that he got out of <laughs> and um, legitimately walked in, put on his uniform uh, and walked out into this, in this area where he, they do throwing underneath the stadium. And uh, he's just like warming up and they're like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm pitching. And, uh, and they're like, no, I, they, they pulled you. And he goes, no, they didn't. <laughs> and he walked out and the rumor is that that is the night that he threw a no hitter. Uh, while completely not uh, uh, sober. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the best word to use here. Uh, 100% not sober. Uh, and uh, But through a no-hitter, he reportedly could not read the signs from the catcher. That's how bad it was. It's like the, the Walmart version of like MJ flying in from gambling all night and then coming and dropping like 50 on you. I 100% believe that story. Like, yeah. Oh, M- well, yeah, that's absolutely. MJ in a basketball court. Who cares? David Wells, not that good of a pitcher. Yeah. He was a good pitcher. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He was. He was a very good pitcher. But, I mean, the fact that... And he was doing that at like 40, 41 years old. Okay. That dude's got four plus years on me. And he was <laughs> dropping a no-hitter after a night like that. Oof. I mean, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, But some guys can just, you know, do the thing. Yeah. I don't know how we got to that, but that was fun. Uh, cheating in baseball, Barry Bonds steroids. <laughs> Did he look like he was on steroids? No, yeah. he's kind of fat. Blah, 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 we blah. are uh, we are taking the week off. Pick him this week. Uh, I know we didn't get one in either. We'll update next week. Do pick him. Uh, we will do our guest pick him again. Uh, we do need to update on what happened with Levi um, because remember Levi did our last show with us and uh, did pick him knowing nothing and something awesome happened. Um, he may have called one of the biggest upsets of the year. And we may have talked him out of another one. And we may have talked (laughs) him out of another one. So, um, we, we officially have no idea what we're doing in Pick'em and we're, we're pretty sure of that. If you are, uh, if you are a person who goes and, and, uh, has a free account on FanDuel this year, don't waste your time listening to us. We're just trying to beat each other at this point. Yeah. Or uh, pick the so opposite aware. of us, you know. So um, we're going to take it off, but we do have uh, we do have the NFL injury report, and it is extensive in terms mm-hmm. of major names right now. Uh, stuff that you need to be watching if you are checking on your fantasy team and whatnot as we're about to close out. Uh, take a listen, and then go check your squad here in a little bit. Yeah, and feel free to intervene here, too, because I, I can already think of a couple names that are probably missing from this, but there sure. are so many since we're up couple weeks behind at this point too that i just kind of wanted to get some big ones out there 
So I'll just kind of zip through this list. Latavius Murray is questionable with an ankle. Um, kind of a big deal in Baltimore because of how banged up they already are. Uh, Dawson Knox is actually going to be out till mid-November. Uh, that's a and big one for Buffalo. Season. And he was having a great season yeah. there. Um, I noted here all of the Browns. <laughs> that's pretty um, fair, man. But specifically Baker, Chubb, Hunt, Peoples-Jones, Landry, OBJ, all those guys questionable. Uh, um, Hunt is out. Uh, Chubb looks good. Yeah, Chubb was questionable. I noticed ba- that. Baker's questionable. Probably going to go. Landry's probably going to go. OBJ is probably going to go. Yeah. So Peoples Jones is the most questionable outside of Hunt. Yeah. And the note for this too, obviously, like if you're listening to this, making any adjustments to fantasy stuff, a lot of stuff's going to say questionable pretty much up until like the day that things happen. Yeah. So, and, and with and, and remember that anytime a team plays on Thursday. Uh, the next week, they're going to have a ton of players that are questionable. And the yeah. re- part of the reason they do that um, is because they give guys veteran rest after that. And anytime a guy misses practice, their status needs to be out there a little yeah. bit. So yeah. they, they don't have probable anymore in the NFL um, because the uh, uh, this one team called the Patriots used to abuse the living crud out of that because you have to designate an injury somewhat. And they would mark a whole bunch of guys probable. And then all of a sudden, like three of them aren't playing on Sunday. And then and, your scouting report is all whack. Yes. So that's why they don't do that. So they have to mark them as something if they're missing days. And that's why you're seeing a few of the questionables. I think Landry is one of those down here. And so is Chubb. They're just yeah. resting the two of them for this Sunday specifically. Yeah. Some of these questionables are definitely at varying degrees of severity. Right. So, um, kind of going down the list. Gallup is hopefully back soon. I got the designation to return. Yeah, he's on one. I stashed him. Yeah, I think he's got three weeks officially now to to be back. Yeah, Um, he actually does look good for this week so far from what I've seen. Yeah, so uh, keep that update. Obviously coming off a bye, so some good extra prep there. Uh, Prescott is questionable with the calf. We kind of saw him a little tender on that at the end of the game, which could not bode well for my fantasy. I'm assuming he's probably going to play. Right. Um, But again, if, if anything, it's probably a daytime decision there coming but, off a buy yeah so coming off a buy as well so yeah. that that's good for for us uh prescott holders uh, another big one for me because he's been just stashed for a while uh judy is gonna be actually probable that, for this that was my ooh, i did not know that one was coming back yeah uh he got dropped a lot uh when that injury happened uh so i'm gonna go scour yeah. some waiver wires fortunately my espn league again my gauntlet of a league which maybe we'll do a quick like fantasy wrap-up at the end of this sure Who knows? but um I actually have an IR slot yes, in that league specifically. So I was fortunate enough to be able to keep him on IR. Um, I would still keep an eye out Sunday morning for if that's actually going to happen or not, but it looks yep. like it's trending up for him to come back. Um, so that's good there. Devontae Adams, the big one that I'm not too happy about. He's not even on one of my fantasy teams, but I really need the Cardinals to finally lose a football game. Yeah, And uh, he tested positive for COVID as well as Matt Nagy, who we didn't really cover because they're... Bears are tragic. I mean, the that's probably good for the Bears in the sense. I yeah. I am not wishing COVID on somebody. Calm down. I'm just saying Matt Nagy isn't going to be able to destroy that offense this week. Yeah, uh, which obviously the Packers and the Bears played, so there's probably a little bit of spread in there uh, this last week. Yeah. Um, also so, in that uh, wide receiver room, uh, Lazard is yeah, out. That, that's one that I did miss that you yep. had mentioned earlier. Um, so that's tough uh, already to go against the Cardinals and not have Devontae Adams. So he's out technically indefinitely. Um, if, not sure on his vaccination status, whether or not that'll be like a quick turnaround for him. If you are wondering what happens to the Packers in this scenario, first of all, uh, this is a week where you should consider AJ Dillon. 
This is a week where you should definitely consider Tunyon. I know he had a yep. good comeback week this last yep. week. You should definitely consider Tunyon. And if you're in a need and you've got an extra WRT slot, uh, look at Randall Cobb. Uh, he's going to be a catch monster this week. Yes. That targets are going to go to Tunyon. They're going to go to Jones, and they're going to go to Cobb. And because I, I also want to say another name I left off here, Valdez Scantling, I believe, is also not playing yet. Oh boy. Um, yep. So, so that makes th- that makes that point even greater. I, I I know Tunyon has been on the fringe because he had a horrible gauntlet of games. He'd had one decent game early, and then just sucked it up until this last week. Yeah. I had dumped him on two teams. Um, not regretting that at all because <laughs> I've had some consistency with the guys I picked up. I picked up uh, Gesicki when oh, he yep. was not doing well. Yep. That's been great. To a likes tight end. But um, no, you, you definitely need to check into that. I would consider uh, Cobb a stream this week if you're yeah. in need and have guys on a buy. And you're probably also feeling good if you have Aaron Jones because we could have another one of those big boom days for him. Yeah, I expect to come back. He had a really bad week this yeah. last week. Yeah, so... I might even expect him to get a, a handful of receptions out of the backfield this week with a depleted uh, receiving core Screen there. Green game on point. Yep. Um, another one, we kind of talked about Mahomes. He took that hit to the head uh, this oh, last we week. We did not talk about that that hit. Yeah, that, that was, was brutal. That was a gnarly one. Uh, obviously, it, it was not an intentional hit. He just fell no. really weird into a guy trying to bat the ball away. No, it um, did clear concussion protocol. Did clear concussion protocol, so... Uh, even though we don't really use the probable, he is probable for this week, and I would expect him to play. Uh, Keenan Allen, this one was kind of a weird one. Uh, he had a dental procedure, so on the injury report, he said it said Keenan Allen teeth questionable. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I'm not sure what the extent of that he'll is. He'll get a shot, but I'm sure he'll play. Um, but he's technically questionable yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Raiders. Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs are both questionable. Um, Saquon is questionable. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, those guys are also questionable. Um, I'm probably expecting Saquon to not play because right. that with that kind of ankle injury, there's no sense to bring it back. It's not like they're doing anything anyways. I think Waller and Jacobs are probably on the veteran rest. Yeah. Um, Darren Waller obviously was out last week as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll see um, what we have there. Um, I couldn't rem- I put this one here because I couldn't remember. I think we had mentioned it before our off week, but Juju is still on IR. Yep. Uh, for those that didn't catch that. Um, this one here, um, Trey Lance is questionable with a knee still. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had forgot about that going into the Sunday night game. Yeah. So I was, he was like, inactive. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shoot, that's right. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, the quarterback situation there is a little frisky. Shanahan is not super committed and nor should he be because Garoppolo played probably the worst game I've ever seen him play this last week. And yeah. we already know he's on ice and they, they genuinely think they can win with Lance uh, right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the 49ers pull trigger on that until George is back. Yeah. George is still out right now. Um, Which is one that we've mentioned before, but yeah. yes, uh, that's obviously a, a he, key part. He of their could offense. be back this next week. Uh, it's more likely he misses one more uh, and then is back full. Yeah. Uh, 49ers also be getting back Justin Wilson, who's been on the IR, uh, and he will take some reps away from Elijah Mitchell, who had a heck of a game this last week. Yeah. Um, which I don't know why they didn't just keep feeding him. I have game, no but, idea. Um, uh, nope, no clue <laughs> because he was averaging five and a half yards to carry the entire first half. Yeah, it so, made no sense. Uh, fantasy managers kind of uh, punching the wall right now because of that. Yeah. Um, and then to kind of wrap up the the last notable ones here, uh, Gronk and AB uh, were still questionable. They haven't played. Uh, Gronk's obviously been out for a few weeks now. Uh, AB was out last week. 
that doesn't mean that the Buccaneers are going to have any problem putting up points. Nope. Uh, Zach Wilson went out with a Mike knee. Mike Evans, yay. Yeah, yes, three touchdown day for him. You guys are feeling good about that. Yep. Um, Zach Wilson out with a knee, as we kind of mentioned at the top of the podcast. Miles Sanders also out with an ankle, got carted off. Uh, the Eagles are just continuing to go downhill. Uh, not like they were handing the ball off to Miles Sanders. Anyways, uh, go get Gainwell. Uh, if you are wondering what to do there, Gainwell's going to get touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he is a heck of a receiver. So yeah, I uh, go grab him, especially if you're in a full point PPR. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a last noticeable one here too, just because um, Mac Jones does love his tight ends. Uh, Johnny Smith is also questionable. I have no problem with that because I have Hunter Henry and I've been streaming that week to week. Hunter Henry, was it? Is that four weeks in a row with the touchdowns? Is that what they said? I think he's four weeks in a row and he has had no less than nine points. And I have been riding that train for all four of those weeks, actually. Yeah. And made the, a good move for that. if you listen to this, you guys know that we always say the key thing with Hunter Henry is not necessarily is he going to produce, it's, it's going to is is he he be healthy. Stay? And is as long as he's healthy, I'm playing him. Yeah. Got so, no problem with it. So um, that is. Um, the extent of some of those newer injuries, again, if you want to pick up on some of the ones that maybe aren't mentioned here, we've probably mentioned them in the past. A lot of guys are going to be out for multiple weeks, yeah. but that's kind of what's questionable going into this next week here. And we'll watch the time. We're going to spend uh, two and a half minutes talking about uh, fantasy update really quick. Uh, I went two and one again this week. I think I'm sitting in fourth place in two leagues, third place in another, something like that. Um, but uh, got a win that I needed. Our, our church league, I've been doing horrifically bad. I got that horrible loss a couple weeks ago uh, to Cody, who's in first place in that league. Uh, our My boss forgot to substitute out his running back and barely lost to Cody this week. <laughs> we could have used a little help there, Dan. Um, but uh, I gave him a little grief about that today in the office. He was kicking himself pretty hard on that one. Uh, but no, I got the got the win in the A-League that I needed. I uh, beat the number one team in the A-League this week. That was a good win for me. I think I put up 140. I put up 140 four weeks in a row, and I'm two and two in those weeks. Um, just driving me nuts that I'm scoring points, but somebody else is just having the best week of the season. Um, so I'm actually number one or two in points in that league, but I'm in fourth place. Yeah. So, but I'm doing all right. I mean, week to week, I, I am doing pretty well. I got through this. Uh, this was a, a, one of my bye weeks. I had the this is my digs bye week. I had cousins out. Um, I had yeah, this one a other player as well. In the NFL, the biggest bite, which is yeah. also why the games were so trash. There's only a handful of them. Right. And I, and one, well, then I had, um, I had a defense on by, so I had a sub and I had a kicker on by, I almost blew it. I did the boo-boo. I picked up a kicker and I think, I, I can't even remember who it was now. I picked up a kicker, didn't start him. Then, uh, went, oh no. And was able to grab another kicker for the late games Put him in because I had a player that I I I, uh, I had used Carson Wentz the week before as my quarterback, so I dropped Carson, grabbed him, I uh, grabbed this other kicker, and I ended up uh, getting I I don't even remember who it was, but I know I got 13 points out of my kicker there you go. Uh, as well. So I didn't necessarily need it, but yeah, gotta always make sure. I I don't know why uh, when it says start after pickup, you should just do that. Like everybody, this just do that. Click that little option in your Yahoo app. I know most of us play Yahoo. Uh, not almost. I mean, Yahoo's by far the most used of the uh, fantasy football apps. But um, you get that option in ESPN and in NFL. Um, use that. Yeah. Uh, lesson learned. Yeah, but um, I had a pretty good week, so I was yeah. pretty happy. Uh, and any fantasy basketball stuff? 
Uh, yeah, no, I so I was actually up against Grant in week one, um, and I I got hosed on a couple of my guys, and so I Grant got me by sixty five points. I for those of you who don't know that spread, it's not like football where it's like one hundred eighty to yeah. one hundred twenty in that You're regard, up close to like a thousand plus. Yeah, he was at nine ninety, and I think I had three thirty or something like three twenty. Uh, or nine, sorry, nine twenty, nine thirty, yeah. something like that. So I I did all right, but I've got a lot of guys. I've got three players on injured list that are going to come off here in the in the coming weeks. I, most notably, Syakim and and Cunningham, Cade Cunningham, that yeah. I'll be looking forward to getting. So that yeah. was me. Uh, this was probably my best fantasy week overall. Nice uh, across the board. I only lost, uh, including basketball. So I'm in three basketball leagues, yeah. and I'm in three football leagues. And I only lost in our church football league. Got hammered by the bye week. Yeah. So um, lost there by uh, about like double digits. It wasn't a whole lot. Nobody put up a lot of points in the crazy bye week. Some people did, uh, but neither of my matchups did. Um, I actually, I want to pull up the score of um, the C League, which is again the team that I didn't even know I was in that league until like week four or something like that. Uh, Auto drafted and everything, and then I was like undefeated at the time. Um, not so hot now. I'm in like sixth place there. But um, let me go back to my week seven matchup um, because I ended up thinking I was going to lose because I think I only really had uh, the New Orleans defense going into the game, mm. and I was down. I ended up winning by five points because New Orleans defense gave me nine points. Nice. So. That was a, a squeaker, one one hundred six to one hundred one. Um, and that yeah, game. that's a so, bye week. Game. So that that was a bye week game. My Yikes. other one that I mentioned to you is, is in my money league, the fourteen team onslaught. Yeah. Uh, won that one one hundred three to seventy one. So um, a couple of uh, hard nose grinded out football <laughs> games. Um, some defensive hard nose grinded yeah, out in fantasy football. Yeah. So, uh, and then in all three of my fantasy basketball uh, <laughs> leagues, I ended up winning. So, probably my best fantasy week to date. Um, we'll see if that can keep up. I'm actually I'm making a push in my money league. I was like bottom of the barrel. Uh, I was like one and three, and now I'm four and three yeah. on a three game winning streak. Made some good trades. Got Mike Williams. I kind of talked to you about that oh, one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, big one. Sold Leonard Fournette high. Got Mike Williams where I was lacking in some wide receivers. I, uh, and I already had Cordell Patterson and Joe Mixon. So Well, since we've been on the air, too, I also, Jameson and I did a trade in one league um, because I hadn't, I'd just been getting poor quarterback play. And I'm pretty deep in, the, in both wide receiver and running back positions. So I gave him uh, Josh Jacobs and Cousins. Yeah. And I got Brady and Janu. Does that sound right? I dropped John because I had no desire to keep him. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I I just wanted Brady um, for the insurance. But at the same time, I was also able to pick up Matt Stafford because somebody left him. Uh, I somebody got mad and left him uh, <laughs> on the waiver wire. I have no idea why. And I had top priority, so I grabbed him. So now, after being just in Cousins only mode, I am now sitting there with Stafford Start, yeah, and Brady. Starter stash and, like two of the top. Right, and Brady's also playing back, I think, three weeks in a row. He's got tough matchups in the red. And We play the Texans this week. Yeah, so guess what I'm doing? <laughs> Starting Brady's sitting on my bench from even from the trade I made, and Stafford's playing. So 
I was actually uh, pretty pretty pumped about uh, the scenario, um, but I'm I'm sitting pretty good. I think the church league. I'm going to come back here and, and do some damage yeah. here pretty Which, quick. Which, by the way, I know we're not going to talk about MVP stuff until next week, but yep. Matt Stafford. I, In I'm consideration, feel, I, I'm feeling I, really good about that Matt Stafford trade. But is <laughs> is Cooper Cup not also in that conversation? Because he For should MVP? be. I, I mean, he should be. You, you guys know how I feel about Cooper Cup. If you know I, who I am, so I'm just saying it should be a conversation because you just like we'll get we'll get into the numbers. We'll have some fun with it next week. Uh, when we got our guests here and Grant back in the room, it's definitely a conversation to have. But I think I think we should uh, take. Uh, some notes and each of us come in with our top three uh, that we've got on the board right now for MVP um, as well as talking about uh, all that stuff with the NBA. So we'll have a ton to get into next week. Pretty excited about all of it. Uh, Join us. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, We will promo our guest and uh, uh, promote that out on our social media. So you can listen in. Uh, but we're gonna have a fun week next week, and we'll get the uh, those charts we were looking up. Uh, we'll get the offense and yeah. defense one up on. We'll Instagram. get both of those up on a. I'll have Grant put those up on a dual post tomorrow uh, as we're launching the show. So uh, you'll hear this, and then uh, uh, or have the opportunity to, and then we'll have those up by mid morning, so you can check them out on the Instagram. Uh, you can always follow us at Sportsify dot pod. Uh, hit us up at the Sportsify podcast at gmail dot com. And before we go, as always. Cam Cam Newton Newton still still doesn't doesn't have have a job. job. We'll see you next week.